take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Dot com. We told you yesterday that our friend and occasional co-host on the program, Sam Dodson from ObscuredTruth.com, has been placed in jail, and it was over a $300 fine that he was uh, that they levied against him for driving while suspended, and they caught him for driving while suspended when he didn't know that his license was suspended. They knew that the license was suspended, and they had didn't the, tell him. Had the opportunity to, t- to tell him before right. he got into the vehicle. They had the opportunity to tell him and serve, right? They're all about protecting and serving, supposedly. Yeah. Hey, don't get nope. in that vehicle and get in all kinds of trouble. Your <laughs> license is suspended. You should get it straightened out before you get in that car, right. young man. It was definitely a sting op. Yeah, well, they knew where he was. They knew he was going to be in court because he was in court for another case with the one where he was uh, put in jail for 58 days last year, actually around this time. Uh, that's when they popped him was when he left court, got into his car and drove away. It was a moment after he left his parking space that they, uh, happened to spot him on the road and pulled him over and hit him with the driving while suspended. So there was a $300 fine involved. And, uh, yesterday he went to, uh, went to court and was sent to jail for six days because he's not going to pay the state their, uh, their extortion. So that's where he is right now in the, uh, Westmoreland, uh, County jail or the Westmoreland jail. Cheshire County, and he's with us uh, by phone from his holding cell, Sam from ObscuredTruth.com. Welcome to Free Talk Live. Hey, gentlemen. Thank you. Yeah, the one thing I'll add to your summary, which was excellent, is that not only did they know, but Eli Rivera, the police prosecutor who actually did the record search and discovered that the license was suspended, testified on the stand that he included everything that he looked up in databases and so forth in the case file, and this was not in the case file. So he perjured himself under oath and, and committed a felony. Well, we don't worry about those kind of things. Don't don't swear. <laughs> so you were in court yesterday. He's, he's running for sheriff, Sam. I, we don't want to hear that kind of thing. Right yeah. Now. You were in exactly. court yesterday on this, uh, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't a trial. The trial already had happened. They'd found you guilty and hit you with a three hundred dollar fine, which you hadn't paid. They actually ended up sending an agent to your home. What was that all about? So. Well, to start with, you know, we had, I suggested that, you know, I have a moral objection to paying the state because they're only going to take that money and use it to oppress other people. And I had suggested, hey, what about paying, donating money, the $300 to the community kitchen, which I was considering doing, and I thought, you know, that's a good win-win for everybody. That sounds good. Well, it, yeah, it wasn't until after the trial, though, that the people in the audience, some of the free staters who came to witness the, the trial that day, told me that Judge Howard Lane the, was sitting there on the bench winking at the prosecutor, and he did this twice. And sure enough, we went back and reviewed the video camera, and we caught one time where he was winking to the prosecutor. And this was right after I had made an objection. He said, does it really matter? Winks at the prosecutor, and then sustains my objection. And mm-hmm. the problem with that is he's communicating something with that wink to the prosecutor, and it wasn't meant for me because he didn't, you know, state it openly. So that's an ex parte communication. So I've got the judge committing crimes from the bench during my trial multiple times, and I just thought, you know, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to uh, grant this any legitimacy by paying these people. 
Now, what are you going to do about this? Uh, would would pay, have paying the soup kitchen three hundred dollars or whatever, giving the soup kitchen three hundred dollars, have diminished your case against uh, against the judge? And um, what are you going to do about uh, the judge and his uh, nonverbal communication, which is called ex parte communication and is illegal under New Hampshire law? And you know, well, every ex parte other communication is communication that it takes place between the judge. And not all of the parties, isn't that right, Sam? It's not necessarily nonverbal. Well, I mean, if I had sent a like a letter to the judge's house or something like that and didn't copy the prosecutor, that would be an ex parte communication. So any uh, two parties that that does not include all of the parties, whether it's me, the judge, the prosecutor, or any of us, if if you try and say something about the case, you have to tell everyone involved, otherwise it's Right. I'm not saying that nonverbal so, communication is ex parte communication. Just here. making that I'm clear. I'm saying that he was making ex parte communication and it was nonverbal and it's illegal. Right. In everywhere. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but the judge, so uh, the, did, the robed man told you uh, during your trial, and people can see some of the video at freekeen.com, uh, but the judge told you that he denied that, uh, that there was any sort of ex parte communication that didn't happen. going on. And he said you well, can submit nice. it to the Judicial Conduct Committee, Sam. Well, here's the problem with that. Uh, the Judicial Conduct Committee is for judges who misbehave. These are criminal charges. These are criminal allegations. And criminal allegations don't go before the Judicial Conduct Committee, which is made up of ex-corrupt judges who, are, who have probably done some of these same things. Uh, uh, criminal charges go in front of the grand jury. But this is just like when you have a complaint against a police officer. They don't want to come out and fill out a report and, and start the same process if you know, that they would if you or I broke the law. They want you to come in and fill out a voluntary statement, which has no force of law, which, you know, that'd be appropriate if the officer was using foul language or uh, his uniform was dirty. But if they're breaking the law, they shouldn't be subject to any sort of uh, separate process. They should go through the same thing that the people do. And the fact is, the truth is, that they don't, that they want you to, you know, fill out this voluntary statement when it's police, or they want you to go to this Judicial Conduct Committee, which is powerless to really do anything right. to we sent them get lifetime appointments. Our listeners may recall, if they've been with us for a little while, when, uh, when I was sent to jail a couple of years ago, or a year and a half ago, uh, the video footage of the judge losing it, uh, the, I keep saying judge, the, the man in the robe, uh, losing it in the, uh, the courtroom, just completely going out of control... It was clear that he was in violation of their own rules. I mean, all you have to do is you pull up their own ju- judicial conduct rules and the courtroom procedures and, and all that. You know, yeah, uh, if they're going to hit somebody with a contempt of court charge, they have to, first of all, warn them that they're going to hit them with contempt of court and explain to them the reasons why. Calmly explain to them the reasons why. And th- th- that judge, d- the, uh, the the man in the robe, did none of those things. And he just lost it. And it's all on video. So even with all of that hard evidence... It was submitted to the Judicial Conduct Committee. Nobody really thought anything was going to come of it. And sure enough, uh, they kicked it right back to the person who submitted it saying, yeah, we don't think there's anything wrong with how the judge behaved in this case. No problem. So they just kicked it right yeah. back. So it's a total waste of your time to even fill out whatever the uh, the paperwork is. Exactly. And I actually had copied the Judicial Conduct Committee on the motion or on the notice that I submitted uh, to Howard Lane, the, the judge in this case, about him winking and so forth. And they sent me back their official form, and I'm not about to waste mm-hmm. my time filling that out so they can throw it away. What I am going to do is say, look, there is video evidence. You can see it firsthand. 
Uh, and if you if you're serious about doing something, I think you're you know a powerless organization that's uh, it, the equivalent of uh, a panel of foxes hearing complaints from the hens in the hen house. And yep. I don't think you have any intention of doing anything um, morally right here. But I'm happy to come in, sit down with you on the record to let me know that you're serious about doing something here. And uh, if not, then it will just chip away at your legitimacy, and people will see that you're a fraud. Hey, and that's how I plan to respond once I get out. Sam, maybe uh, help my memory some. I think it was in your case, but it could be that I'm getting it mixed up. That that there was a, at least one point, at least one point where Lane was assisting the prosecution, like literally, like saying, "I think you know, did you know, you know, asking for." Yeah, there was he so. The notice of suspension was sent to them when I was in jail and when I was here at the same place I am now. And I pointed that out. You know, look, I was in the state's custody. How can, uh, you know, if you guys had some responsibility to notify me of this if I'm in your custody and you, you find out about it? And there was a question as to when it was suspended, what what notice was required. You know, this is a Texas license, so there's the Texas state laws involved, and they had no clue what any of this meant. And they're supposed to be sure about this stuff before they extort money from someone, and they didn't. Yeah, they just do do whatever they want. They make up rules as they go along. They ignore their rules when you point them out. Uh, Sam, you've got time, obviously. You're calling from jail. uh, We're paying the tab, (laughs) so hang on. We're coming back with more Sam here in a moment (laughs) at ObscureTruth.com. This is Free Talk Live. You got a call? You got a question for him? Dial on in. It's Free Talk Live. In the late 21st century, the hardiest, most daring adventurers have begun to colonize the solar system where untold mineral riches await them. Jealous of their wealth and fearful of their freedom, the government of Earth is determined to extend their power to this new frontier by any means necessary. Escape from Terra, an illustrated science fiction saga from Big Head Press. Read it online at escapefromterra.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online, freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. We've got archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download. They are yours totally free. Head on over to freetalklive.com. Go into the podcast. You can go all the way back to early 2009 and listen for free at freetalklive.com. Every contest uh, involves rules, and every winner knows the rules and how to use them. Jurisdictionary.com explains how to use the rules step by step. You can uh, find out how to draft pleadings, understand court's powers, get evidence from opponents, motions and hearings, and do it all in the less than 24 hours. The average eighth grader could do it. It's jurisdictionary.com. Use the pull-down menu for Free Talk Live there and let them know that you heard it from, from us, jurisdictionary.com. Yeah, I definitely want to focus on uh, some jurisdiction kind of issues or jury-ish issues, court-related stuff here, because we've got Sam on the line from obscuredtruth.com Sh- here. Sam, did you use any ju- your jurisdictionary skills uh, um, while you were uh, fighting your ticket uh, today? It was yesterday. Not, it was in, yesterday. Uh, this, not in this case, but in uh, previous ones, it certainly helps, and even just working with a lawyer uh, to know kind of what they're doing and what to expect, that, 
made a big difference. It cool. really covered the basics for me. Uh, coming up, I do want to talk about the uh, the grand jury. This is something that we were we were just discussing, Sam. You were calling, by the way, from jail tonight. Uh, sitting, you're going to be sitting in jail for six days. You're on your first, I think, uh, you've been in there for about 24 hours now, or over 24 hours. Um, but we were talking about uh, the idea that if there's a problem with some government bureaucrat, whether it's a, uh, a robed man calling himself a judge or it's one of the armed agents, that there's usually some sort of administrative process that they will allow you to fill out paperwork for that, as you point out, Sam, has absolutely no force, has no effect uh, in their system, and they can just basically take a glance at whatever it is that you turn in and then throw it in the circular file, uh, never to be seen again. We've seen this happen again and again uh, where they just they just blatantly ignore things. Uh, in, in one of uh, my cases before, somebody submitted something to the Judicial Conduct Committee. They kicked it right back even though the evidence was clear that the robed man was uh, absolutely out of line. Uh, in other cases, there have been they, – they've just absolutely ignored uh, any kind of evidence. There was the other case where I had a phone stolen out of my hand. Sam, you got video footage of it. So did I from my phone uh, of this EMS worker going in and just snatching the phone from my hand, essentially committing an act of theft on video. The city manager didn't want to see it. He didn't care. Uh, it was not his department, so he said you have to go to the police department. I had filed a report. Well, he didn't. He didn't even need to see it because the he, the people who were involved told him what happened and assured him that it didn't happen that way. That's right. So clearly he didn't need to see the video. Right. His employees had said that it was one way and he wasn't interested in seeing video evidence. He just believed what his employees said. But he said if there was a problem, you can go to the police department. So there was a police report. The police invest the policeman that was investigating decided there was uh, there was nothing worth uh, worth going ahead ahead with, and he you know essentially put the case away. Even though there's clear video footage available for them to uh, to go on, they won't be uh, dissuaded by evidence. Yeah. So I mean, it doesn't matter if you fill out these things, but there is the grand jury, and that's something that you have been kind of talking about over the last couple of years, Sam, or at least the last year or so, is approaching the grand jury. But that's no easy task, is it? It's not. Yeah. The um, the meetings are closed off, and in New Hampshire, as in most states, they've uh, really kind of sequestered them away and kept them separate from public. It used to be that any citizen could go bring a complaint against, you know, anybody, a public official, a police officer, or just a private citizen, and put it before the grand jury and let them decide if there was evidence to uh, indict and move forward. But over the years, the, the uh, government realizes the danger that that poses to their lawlessness. So they've made it to where only the county attorneys are the ones allowed in there, and they you know, openly intimidate people and and do everything they can to block people from getting in front of a grand jury. They also appeal to the grand jury to say, "Ho, oh, oh, ho! You know, you don't want to listen to those people. They're they're nuts. Uh, you don't. You, uh, you know, we, we, we listen presume. to me. You you work for the grand jury. Exactly. We, we presume that to but be the case you, because we did find out when the grand jurors meet here uh, in uh, Cheshire County. And we approached Sam. You had a letter that you uh, wanted. You weren't able to make it that morning when we did this, but you gave the, gave us copies of this letter uh, that was from you that alleged some of the crimes that these government agents have have performed. And in the letter, you essentially encouraged one of the grand jurors and one of them with enough courage to essentially reach out to you as a grand juror and um, and bring you in to the grand jury to present this. We gave this letter to as many of the grand jury selection people as we possibly could that morning. And they seemed to be, you know, OK, as far as receiving it at that time. It was the first time we'd encountered them the next month. 
when we came back out to again reach out to the grand jurors because they're impaneled apparently for six months straight, we all of a sudden many of them turned very, very cold to us. They were very yeah. different in their behavior. And so we can only speculate as to what the, the, the bureaucrats may have threatened them with or lied to them about. Yeah, what I think is one of the things I included in that letter is the oath that they all swore when they were sworn in as, as grand jury uh, members. And that says that they have a duty to look into any allegations of wrongdoing or you know, something to that effect. So by me giving them the letter, them reading the letter, they've now been a made, made aware of criminal allegations. And, you know, they probably brought this up in the room and the county prosecutor or whoever, you know, threw a fit and told them, no, you can't do that. And we read the letter from FIJA, the Fully Informed uh, Jury Association, where a guy who was actually on a grand jury recounted almost the same experience. I actually have that letter here tonight, and I want to share it a little bit later on after we uh, wrap up the interview right. with you. It's it's very interesting. It's one man's experience from being on a grand jury. It's nothing I've ever heard before, and it's, it's as you might expect if you are familiar with the level of corruption uh, within the state. So, Sam, right. uh, there, was a, there was a discussion we were having that I want to get into some detail on here. Um, and I also, you know, if you want to share any jail stories that you've experienced so yeah, far. Anything, want... uh, anything juicy? Yeah, the, uh, the jail is apparently full. They're, now, they're moving next month into the new jail, which is four times the size of this one. But they have people sleeping on the floor in the day room. Mm. Um, we had five people in this same holding cell that you were in, and that barely really holds two. Um, it's built so it's for been two. Pretty crowded. Right. It's built for two, but they put four in there when I was there, and there was two. There's two beds, uh, kind of raised areas where they put the the mattress pads, and then they put the other two on the floor, and there's barely room to move around at yeah, that point. Yeah, you're lucky if you can scoot to the bathroom. But you had five in there for a period of time. But yeah, plus there's no air circulation in here. When it gets you put hot. Five people into this tiny room. It was yeah over 90 degrees. Yep. Um, now, I also found out two of the people I was in here with earlier today were both arrested for uh, drug possession, nonviolent crime. Mm. And you remember Stuart Clark, the uh, inmate at Cheshire County who uh, died in his sleep. That's right. He back. mysteriously died, and I don't recall whatever happened with that. Well, he was overdosed on drugs. And one of the guys I was in here with, his dad also overdosed on drugs, and apparently there is a lady here in Keene who is, has a wooden leg. This, you know, the story isn't interesting enough. And she's been cutting drugs or doing something and actually caused the death of these two people. So yeah. it's the black market created by this war on drugs. It's really a war on people uh, that's responsible for two deaths in the small town of Keene with a population of like 25,000. Wow. We're going to come back with more here. Sam Dodson is with us from ObscuredTruth.com. He's back in jail uh, for several days here. We're going to come back, discuss whatever you want. You can also dial in and bring up anything and ask a question of Sam if you'd like. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free 
800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. They include our bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about. All free for you and virtually unmoderated. So, word of warning, bbs.freetalklive.com. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. Whether you want to start a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. Use code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, sign up at HostGator.com, receive your first month completely free. If you don't use the code FTL, you don't get the first month completely free. They'll help you to create your own website with uh, web builder tools and templates at HostGator.com. We're back with uh, Sam Dodson from ObscuredTruth.com, live from his jail cell uh, in the holding cells right now in Westmoreland, New Hampshire, the Cheshire County Jail. Now, Sam, uh, are you there, sir? I'm here, yep. All right, good. Good to have you back. You're talking about some of your jail experiences, and I want to get into a little bit of controversy that was bubbling up in the studio last night. We actually were hoping you would uh, co-host with us last night, but uh, you ended up going to jail. So uh, just to tell me a little bit more about you're in a jail cell. Uh, They had five people in there. The cell was designed for two. You said the jail is incredibly full right now. They managed to finally take the fifth person out. So now you're down to four people in a jail cell designed for two. You said that two of them are in there for nonviolent, peaceful uh, drug offenses, as I'm sure there are many more in the jail that are also in for similar reasons, which, of course, is a human tragedy story. As I was in when I was in there, I was in there with people that. Uh, there were drug offenses and also other non uh, nonviolent traffic offenses. So the three other people I was in jail with were also, you know, they just didn't need to be there. Uh, is what's who's the third person? Uh, the third person is here on the. Uh, Hello. He didn't expect that question. Electronic monitoring. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we got you. Uh, so uh, an electronic monitoring. Uh, mixed up. He didn't know he had a court date, and so they showed up and in the middle of making breakfast, arrested him, and took him out. And he hasn't even been able to get a hold of anybody, really. Wow. So, yeah. so again, a lot of VOPs, violations of probation, uh, mess-ups, mistakes, uh, in, just miscommunications, things like that. I mean, these jails across the country are, in many cases, Loaded full of people who should not be there, people who have not harmed another person, and it's just so tragic. Uh, so, Sam, what else yeah. can you share about your experience so far? How, how are you handling things? Last time you came in, they had to drag you in. Uh, you ended up really building some, I think, rapport with the uh, the jail guards. I, I heard from one of them. I had a conversation with one of them uh, later on, and he made some very positive statements about the impression that you made on uh, both the guards and the uh, the inmates whereas another individual who went in and was a little bit more coming from a place of anger uh, was not as appreciated. So how are you approaching things this time? Any differently? Uh, yeah, so I had a nice conversation on the way out with the sheriff uh, or one of the sheriff's uh, deputies, and you know we were talking on the ride over and, and kind of just sort of exploring different topics with them. And I think they're starting to kind of question some things. He said, you know, I don't know why Burke, who's the, the judge you were talking about in your case, he got up and left, and then Lane came in, the other judge, and sat down to hear all the Free Stater cases. So apparently uh, Burke is not hearing the Free Staters anymore. We don't know why. And that's what he said. He's like, I don't know why they did that. 
I don't know why, on another occasion when we were in Superior Court, they moved the trial from the courtroom that allowed cameras where I'd filmed the first part of the trial to the courtroom that didn't allow cameras, and then they called the sheriff's deputies out, and he was one of the ones that responded. So he's like, I don't know why all these things are happening, and I think they're kind of starting to kind of question, okay, maybe these guys are bringing up some good points, and, and they're, you know, we don't really, I don't really have an answer for them. Um, so I, I didn't make them drag me around this time. Uh, I've been pretty cooperative. I haven't answered all their questions and so forth. And, uh, you know, so far everything's been pretty uneventful. About half the guards are new. I guess they're hiring folks to prepare for the new facility that's four times the size and takes even more staff per uh, inmate to run than this one. Right, they're doubling the and, cost uh, per day to, uh, to keep somebody in as well yeah. at the new jail. Exactly. But the ones that were here have just been all smiles and laughing. And I told them, well, you know, I couldn't find a haircut like the one I got here anywhere else on the outside, so that's why I'm back. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> funny. And I got home, man. It was awful. The first time I cut my hair after getting out of jail, like in the back part of my head, I had like three-inch long hair, and then in the rest it was like an inch. And I don't know how he missed <laughs> They gave it, you but... a mullet? <laughs> That's it, awful. No, was, that should be you should weird. be able to prosecute like a... for that. <laughs> so, so Sam, you know, we've been joking about that. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> um, you know, I guess the the last time you went, you went for fifty eight days, um, and you know there was a hunger strike involved. You were uh, put in for not, uh, you know, for for filming. Uh, you know, you're, you're a press member of the press for uh, filming in a courtroom. Um, you know, it's and kept in because he wouldn't give his legal name on right. a, a consensual basis. And even though they found it out by running his fingerprints and they yeah. they discovered they discerned what it was, even though they had dis- discovered it, they still wanted him to bend over and give them voluntarily his legal name so for which you exercise, didn't do right for exercising your right to remain silent they kept him in jail indefinitely it ended up lasting that's what gets days. me about that is okay you're going to punish someone for not processing then have a punishment for that that fits the crime but which i think is silly but because it's not even required to give your name according to the statutes if i understand correctly and it but, is but, right. but, that's required but it's just indefinite it's, it's required by their law, but um, yeah. I mean, you know, supposedly you have a right to remain silent too, so it's very strange. But uh, you know, that's it, it's obviously it was obviously outrageous, and it obviously got a lot of people all stirred up. And I think several people moved to the Free State Project. Probably many signed up, uh, many moved up their move date, and and uh, you know, you know, to to be involved with the kind of thing that you're involved with. But you know, this time I've got to wonder. You know, when you, you had the opportunity to give them give three hundred bucks to the uh, the bums um, at the uh, the soup kitchen, you know, toss them three hundred bucks, stay out of jail. And I just wonder, is this is this going to do anything like that? And is there any point in going? It's. I don't think it's going to do anything like that. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do out of it. I'm certainly going to write a letter to Peter Thomas, who is the man who arrested me. And was really, you know, when I told him, I have no idea that my license was suspended and I never saw any document. He was shocked to find out that this uh, driving record search that Eli Rivera did, the, the prosecutor in the case, that he, that wasn't included in the discovery and that I didn't know about it. And, you know, he was genuinely surprised. And so I want to point out to him that, look, you're willing to send people to jail for six days uh, just so that you can cover for your buddies. And while you and a couple other folks in KPD are the kind of police that I would want uh, to be police officers if we have to have such a thing, you know, they're in it for the right reasons and they really truly want to help people and they're not the sadists 
who get off on the power trip and so forth. But when you sit by and do nothing, you have the same effect as if you did it yourself. So, you know, it's not it's certainly not going to accomplish accomplish all the same things that I did last time. Uh, but it's, it's reaching to some of the guards. I'm telling, they're asking me, why are you back? And so I'm walking through the whole story with them, and they're, uh, you know, really kind of taken aback by it a little bit and surprised at what's going on. Basically, Sam, and, we had uh, a discussion last night, uh, Mark and I, about the issue of going to jail uh, for activism. Mark points out that it likely doesn't increase their uh, jail budget in any significant way beyond, you know, having to make an extra bologna sandwich uh, for you. So it's not really likely to be uh, a, a financial burden uh, on the system. I'm not sure about how the finances work, but he also kind of came at it from the viewpoint that. Uh, you know, there, that you'd be better off on the outside. And I tried to make the uh, the point that there are effective things that you can do inside. You can reach out to the guards. You can reach out to the inmates, uh, the the other prisoners, and, but you and can people reach out. are paying but attention Sam, on Sam the outside. Reaches out, Sam reaches out to a lot of people through the Obscure Truth, Truth Network, too. And, I mean, he has yeah. hundreds and hundreds of people he can reach out to there and, you know, a few. Right. So, so Mark's basically saying that uh, he doesn't think it's worth your while, Sam. So I'd like you to, to explain yourself as to... You know, why did you choose to uh, to end up going to jail uh, rather than pay up to the state or give money to the uh, the soup kitchen as a way to avoid the six days? If you don't mind, I'd like you okay. to explain that in we'll a moment. More with Sam from ObscuredTruth.com. If you've got a question for him, 800-259-9231. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond... TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Slobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. Live, you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away. Now, if you enjoy the program, you can help support the show by becoming an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We'll take that money and reinvest it into the show. Get on more radio stations around the country. Bring more internet listeners on board. Expose new people to the ideas of freedom. And you can go to amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks like access to the AMP-only podcast, which is missing the uh, the usual commercials you might hear in the podcast, uh, the regular podcast, that is. And also the AMP-only forum, AMP-only call-in lines, and more. Get all the details. Get signed up. Any major credit card, PayPal, some alternative options are all available for you at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Dot com. As we go back to Sam Dodson from ObscuredTruth.com, he's with us live from his holding cell in Westmoreland Jail uh, here in Cheshire County, New Hampshire, as he was arrested or not arrested. I guess I guess you're arrested. You're, you were cuffed. Uh, you were taken down to the jail yesterday on a six-day sentence because here in New Hampshire, they will credit you $50 per day that you sit in jail toward any sort of fine that they are coming after you for. Uh, you had a $300 fine, so six days in jail. You're in through Tuesday morning at uh, at 8 a.m. when they will bring apparently bring you back to Keene, which is seems like a new service. I didn't think they offered that before. Last time, as I recall, they required to, that you have someone with a driver's license come and pick you up. Now, apparently, there's an option that uh, they will tote you back uh, into town, which uh, that's kind of nice. 
You with us? Uh, they, actually, they used to allow people to come pick you up at midnight if you could get somebody to come out. They don't do that anymore. You can have somebody pick you up. If not, then they'll take you back. They found some statute that says 8 a.m., so that's the way they're doing it now. Gotcha. Now, what we were talking about a few moments ago, I mean, if, if people missed, uh, they're just tuning in, they can grab the full interview later tonight at freetalklive.com uh, as to why you're in jail and what's been going on, etc. But we were getting to some of the uh, the controversy that was bubbling up on the show last night uh, between Mark and myself. Mark essentially saying that he doesn't believe that the uh, adding somebody to a jail increases the costs of holding people. We used to say that it cost the state you know, 60 bucks a day to hold somebody in a jail cell. But on cell. average, that's true. Right. But if, you, if you're just jumping up the population by one, it's not like they're spending that much more money uh, to to bring you in, and and I think Mark well, is right about that. There's probably yeah, I think there's something to that, and and I know there's some some discussion going on on and on some forums and such about that, about trying to figure out just exactly how much it is, if anything. And but I think there is to at least some extent some trouble that they have to go to that they don't care to go to. Uh, you know, maybe it's interrupting a couple of officers of, in their normal revolu- revenue collection activities or something when they have to go and, you know, either arrest someone or process someone into jail. And so and, and, and I think it might also be something that, that scales up, you know, if the, if the jail starts to get crowded and it starts to become a problem for them. Or, well, that's mostly what, a problem for the, uh, uh, the people in that holding cell who probably would be yeah. a little better off if Sam wasn't there. Yeah, and yeah. usually it's the sheriffs in this here. It's usually the sheriffs that handle that, um, the handle processing and jail activities as opposed to police. Sam? Yeah, right. So I'm, no, I'm not under any illusion that just me being here is somehow going to bankrupt the the state of New Hampshire. Oh, I can't imagine I you are. <laughs> I made that joke to the guards, and they had a good laugh about it. I'm, like, I'm, back. I'm here to bankrupt you this time. And, <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, uh, I realized that what's coming is more free staters, more people who care about liberty, who are willing to do civil disobedience, who are willing to all sit down and surround a police car that's arrested a nonviolent person. And, you know, when a hundred people coming into this jail would grind it to a halt especially if they're all non-cooperating and and, uh, not answering questions and so forth. I I don't know what they would do. It would be... uh, It would create a lot of uh, stories. There are cases of um of when when jails when it get, when it seriously becomes a problem when there's like literally when they literally can't handle the numbers then they start releasing people earlier than they otherwise would have you know and, and there's a, there's the prerogative the the uh, the warden there has said that I don't know maybe he's not called a warden I'm, I think I may be having that superintendent wrong superintendent just a title. Uh, superintendent yep. that he uh in fact has the prerogative to let people go early within certain restrictions so uh and yeah and, they you know, do. So, um, uh, and, uh, well, let me just say, I think there's also a point, like you were saying, I, I agree with you, Mark, and I agree with you, Ian. There's there's also the point of talking to the guards, and, and I think some of them are starting to kind of understand what we're all about and come around to the uh, ideas, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too quick to discount that. I think that's pretty valuable, and, and I think we're seeing it not just at the jails, but, you know, in the, in the city, uh, bureaucrats and so forth. A lot of them are kind of starting to understand, and things are economically are getting worse, and they're starting to realize that hey, maybe these free staters are uh, saying something important here. You know, I, I do see value in talking to the, uh, the 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 prison guards there, the jail guards. I see some value to it. I don't know if it's worth my time going to jail or yours either, um, and the the concern I have while you're in there. But um, they, you know, the, what what you're saying as far as the other bureaucrats, they can be handled uh, without going to jail. Um, right. 
but you know the I, I guess you know I, I think that if you had a hundred people go to their jail, sure it m- might ground that jail to a halt in some way. They'd have to figure something out, and I don't know what they do. But I can tell you what th- would yep. happen if you put a hundred people through that court system of theirs. Um, that same hundred people, they'd have to set off all kinds of other people's uh, court dates to the point well, that's that part of it, Mark. Many I mean, of them, in order to go to jail, I mean, you get arrested initially sometimes and go well, to jail. My claim but is, down the line, you usually have to go to trial in order to get to that. My point. claim is the choke point is their judicial system. It's not their jail because they can always ship convicts off to other jails if they have, you know, in I a don't day know if or that's two. True. Yeah, they can. Um, if if they're serving I, time, they can serve. They can send them off to other jails. It's no big deal. So they have. I know whole, the feds can do that. I don't know if that's true for uh, for sure. a jail sentence in then, the county in which you're you're in. Then why do they? I mean, didn't they send uh, from um, Nashua? Didn't they send somebody up to the the Manchester jail and and you know? No, those there's kind of no things? jail in Nashua. There's just the, that one Hillsborough County jail. Yeah, I, I can tell you it, it happens. Sam, any thoughts yeah, on I that? Think Mark's, I think Mark's bringing up a good point. The court system is completely overloaded. I hear a lot of uh, people who the, the state comes and asks them to waive their uh, right to a speedy trial just because they're at capacity right now. They're underfunded. The state of New Hampshire is facing a $111 million budget deficit that they're trying to make up. So they're completely broke, they're overloaded, and they're understaffed. And uh, 100 uh, j- uh, trials, these wouldn't be jury trials because you know, New Hampshire's pretty screwed up in that regard as well. But that would just overload their system. The main reason, though, that I'm here is to, you know, I'm just not willing to grant legitimacy to a trial where the judge is winking at the prosecutor and, and you know, commit- engaging in, in criminal behavior openly and it's almost it's like it's a joke to these guys as to to show people just how egregious they can be in, in violating the law and showing you that they're above the law and it doesn't apply to them. Sam, if you just so, don't feel like playing along today, that that's cool with me. But I think that um, you know, I, it seems to me that throwing three hundred bucks at the uh, at the bums um, is probably granting no more legitimacy than going to jail in the in the the the, the eyes of the, ju- the judicial system. You I don't think I mean? he's concerned about what the judicial system thinks. Are you, Sam? You're more concerned with what people watching are are con- are thinking. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, how can I expect a hundred people, you know, in a few years to come in here and do the same thing if I'm not willing to do it myself? Absolutely. And I think that's one of the most important points is that you're setting an example. Plus, a lot of people who might engage in in such disobedience may not have $300 that they can just throw at, uh, at, you know, the the food kitchen to get out of something. Um, Many people just don't have that kind of money they can just throw around. And so it's important to remember that as well. Oh, yeah, I I get it. I mean, there there certainly have been activists that went to, um, you know, jail rather than, uh, you know, paying off uh, some fine. And, um, you know, I that that's fine. It's a very principled stand. And I don't think Sam is looking at it from the perspective that you are, Mark, to say, well, I could reach more people if I was on the outside, so I'll just do whatever I can to stay on the outside. All for I'm Sam, saying is it's what does more good. That's for, what I'm saying. For Sam, I, it's not about uh, it's not this utilitarian approach of what does more good from Mark's perspective. From Sam's perspective, what I'm hearing from you, Sam, is that it's about what you feel is right. I want to hear what Sam pers- Sam's exactly. perspective is. That's why I've been asking him questions, Ian. And I want to hear what Sam has to say. That go ahead, Sam. No, that's actually, that's absolutely it. It's you know, I don't feel that uh, this is acceptable behavior, and I, I want to uh, not—I I want to draw attention to it by going to jail and, and writing these stories, and you know, continuing to to uh, badger these bureaucrats and police and judges and so forth who are doing these things, and 
let them know that we're not, I'm not just going to forget about it and let it go away. I'm going to keep after that grand jury until somebody brings me into that room. Uh, yeah, I, think I hope you do. Four years to do it. It is a powerful statement. I I think that um that there's definitely onto something uh, both but what Mark is saying and what's being discussed on forums about the actual you know if you want to look at dollar cost I think that that's true that it's probably very questionable but there's a powerful statement and and there's also something about about attacking the fear that they have over people when someone says okay I'll go to jail then. Yeah, and then no that big just deal. totally throws a lot of people. It diffuses you know? them to some extent. Sam, we're glad you're uh, you're all right in there, and I'm sure we'll hear back Please from you before eat. before you. He's, uh, you're eating, uh, right? No, I'm not. I'm oh, just geez. six days. No big deal. Oh my but god. Thank you guys. All right, eat. Sam. We'll talk to you eat. soon. Drink uh, milk. I'm actually going to put right. you on hold here. Hang on. Uh, hour two's coming up. This is Free Talk Live. From the last margins of the land of Big Brother comes a new pro freedom website. The UK Libertarian rails against the country's ridiculous regulation, its crumbling National Health Service, its disintegrating government schools, and the political parasites leeching more of our freedom every single day. Visit us at www.theuklibertarian.com. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free. The number for you, 800-259-9231. Bring up anything. 1-800-259-9231. Coming up, what's it like to be on a grand jury? We've got an amazing account of uh, one man's experience as to just how skewed towards favoring the state being on a grand jury is these days. Uh, we'll uh, we'll explain that. I do I, hear that. Yeah. yeah, I've never known anything about grand juries beyond just, you know, the occasional thing I've heard. This is an actual first-person account, so uh, we'll share that here from Fija.org, uh, the Fully Informed Jury Association. But first, continuing in kind of our court theme here tonight, we had Sam Dodson on from ObscuredTruth.com in the first hour. If you missed that, you can grab it at FreeTalkLive.com later tonight. But that wasn't the only uh, courtroom situation that has been uh, going on on throughout this uh, this last week here or this last couple weeks in New Hampshire as you know uh, during the Liberty Forum which is a gathering of hundreds of like-minded liberty-oriented people all in the same place. Uh, during the forum, there was a 420 event in Nashua, New Hampshire. Now, the 420 celebrations have been happening here in Keene. They happen on a daily basis. The cops leave us alone. There were a few arrests early on last year when they first started up, and then there were certain things that happened where the cops just they've just given up at this point because they, they just can't win. Uh, but in Nashua, they'd never experienced it before a couple weeks ago on a Saturday afternoon when about 100 people showed up into one of their town squares, or uh, the town center, basically. And uh, and smoked out. Uh, there were arrests. There were three arrests. One of them was uh, David Cruz, an activist from the Keene area, who doesn't smoke. Where yeah, he does not. He was just there in support uh, because he he understands that ending prohibition is one of the smartest things that uh, could be done uh, in this country. And when a young man was arrested for uh, for marijuana possession, for cannabis possession, David decided to stand in front of the undercover police car to prevent them from leaving. They then arrested him, and he went limp. Uh, and had to be carried out. They arrested him for, I believe, what was a uh, disorderly conduct charge. 
Catherine Bleich from uh, the Liberty Restoration Project was also arrested for basically videotaping uh, and being that one was really ridiculous. And you yeah. can watch it happening on film, and it was just they just wanted to arrest her. They just didn't like her. Well, everybody else was being obedient and getting up off the street like the cops wanted them to, and she did not. Uh, she was not being obedient in that way, so she was targeted as a result of that. Her trial, I believe, has been scheduled down the road a little bit. I, I think it's sometime at the end of the month or next month. Keith may know more. Keith is with us from New Hampshire. Uh, you were at the arraignment today for David Cruz, one of the Keene activists uh, who was arrested in Nashville. Keith, what uh, what went down? What do you want to share with our audience? Yes, and I was also at the arraignment for the young man that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, first off, I would like to say I'm sorry, but I'm a little nervous. I'm shaking up. I, I'm uncomfortable talking about this at all because it was just so crazy what happened. It was so ridiculous today. Okay. Uh, please apologize. Okay, so... We These guys have there. never had to deal with us before, right. by the way. So they're they're not used to um, the the free state phenomenon, so right. I'm There's, sure they're they're just doing their normal thing of railroading people right through the their kangaroo courts. So what happened? Go ahead. Sorry, Keith. So we're supposed to start about eight fifteen. So you know, eventually we got there. Hurry up and wait and all that. So um, the names were called. Eventually, we got through that, and then there was a little bit of downtime. And um, I had heard the court security guy mentioned something now please don't quote me um but the guy said something like if you take out your phone i'm going to take it he's like like if you take the phone even out of your pocket you don't even have to open it or look at it he was just going to take everyone's phone just steal them and he did indicate he would give was this back in the courtroom point of information were you in, in the, the lobby courtroom. in the courtroom so this is in the courtroom but i've never heard of it being so bad normally like you're at least allowed to have your phone out of your pocket right but... i mean he was like even if the phone's off it, it was just nuts Yep. So that that shocked me so much. That, were there, were, um, I point of information, were there a bunch of people there, or was it just free the you know the free state activists or what? Unfortunately, only two people showed up to support David, uh-huh. and then the young man had maybe five people show up to support him. Now that is un, that is unusual. Um, why do you think that is, Keith? Because normally on a short notice uh, situation, we can get a dozen people at least to turn out for a court uh, situation. Do you feel like it just wasn't promoted effectively? That people just didn't know? Uh, of course, there's also the fact that not a lot of people. Uh, that I know of, at least, have moved to Nashua, whereas Keene and Manchester and other places are a little more uh, hot spots. You asked me a question, but you just answered it very well, so I can't, <laughs> I can't defeat your um, what you just said. So it was a lack of, pro- so, of, uh, of promotion? It seems that way, yeah. I, I didn't know it was today. I probably would have tried to at least get in the carpool or something. This is one of the things that I think we'll, we'll see fixed over time uh, as more people avail themselves of the tools, the promotional tools that uh, that we have here. If somebody's going to court and they don't want people to show up, all they have to do is just not tell anybody about it and then nobody will show up. But if you want people to show up and you want support, you have to let them know. You have to uh, you know post on the, the relevant New Hampshire activism forums. Heck you heck have Pork to 411 really send gets out, a lot of people. Right. You yeah. send out a voice message on Pork 411, which is de- delivered to hundreds of recipients. And, you know, give them a little bit of notice to give them some time to get their schedules in order. The more notice, the better. And, uh, you know, maybe send it a week out or uh, then the day, you know, the day before or something like that. Give them a couple of uh, opportunities to get on board. So that's unfortunate that uh, there wasn't a lot of support out for it. And the other, on the other hand, it was just an arraignment. It wasn't the trial. And so maybe people just felt like it wasn't, even if they knew about it, maybe they felt like it wasn't the wasn't most the, important thing to, uh, to attend. But it, but it ended a up being drive a, from here. yeah they ended up being a real crackdown uh, apparently so uh, in uh, in the Keene court where we um, live out here you can you can have your phone as long as it's uh, silenced I, I can sit there and text and check my emails and things like that from the courtroom and nobody's ever said boo to me about that 
but go ahead, uh, Keith, with the rest of the story because there's more. Buy that understand. NASA, they'll steal it right away. Apparently. But, so I asked this security guy. Um, I saw this guy who was on his phone for several minutes. So I asked the security guy, what about that guy? Because I'm all about fairness and all being a Quaker. So the security guy was answering my question. He was saying, oh, that guy is invisible. He doesn't count. You know, because he was on one row ahead of me, so apparently he's special and none of the rules apply to him. Mm. Which, whatever, okay, two separate rules, that's fine. But as I was going through that, this police-like guy came up to me and he was like, um, oh, it was, it was crazy. He was, it was just like, what? I mean, he was just, like, shocked that anyone would say something like that. So as soon as that happened, um, say I Say something didn't even like what? I'm I sorry. Just even... Say something. Shocked. It's... Oh, he was, yeah, I was shocked that he, well, he basically was shocked that someone would actually try to talk to core security, I guess. I mean, we oh. were allowed to talk. But I don't know. Maybe hey, no one's ever courts, talked to core security before. Let me before. get this clear. The courts, you're saying the court security guy said the guy who was talking on his phone was invisible? Yeah, yes. yeah. He said you don't see him or something like that. There weird. It's weird. It's it's weird uh, bureaucrat world. I guess that that he was it's, invisible. He's to one the of court. the brotherhood. Yeah. And then this police guy was all shocked. Um, I'm not for sure if he was a policeman or what he is because I'll get to that. But so the police guy was all shocked, and then finally um, the police guy started talking to me, but I was just ignoring him talking to security. And then finally the security helped me, and so the police guy was still talking to me. So I started talking to him, and basically um, he just threatened me with arrest. Like, just right off the bat. He's like, um, in like 30 seconds, I'm going to have you downstairs arrested or something like that. And then I'm like, what? And then he asked my first name, and I, I gave it to him. Well, he asked my name. I gave him my first name. Then he asked my last name. So I immediately gave him my name, and then I asked his name. And then he threatened me with arrest again <laughs> and then told me to go sit in the back of the room like it's 1950s, and I'm a second-class citizen in the South. Like, I have hmm. to sit in the back. This is where the free staters sit. Get back here. So you don't know whether this guy was a cop or anything? I mean, you don't know whether it's a court security? I wish I wouldn't. I could know. I, I have answer. no idea. He wouldn't even so give you his then, name. then, as soon as that happens, David, you know, asks him why, you know, he threatened to arrest me. And then the guy immediately threatens to arrest David. Wow. And so David asks him his name, and he refuses to tell David his name. Finally, that ends. Um, he threatens, you know, David just calms down finally. And... So this, actually, um, the guy, the young guy in Nashua who was supposedly arrested for supposedly smoking marijuana mm -hmm. at the 420 rally, at this point, he, he and everyone he was with left. They, I think they were so disgusted they couldn't stand it anymore. They had to walk out of the courtroom. Wait, was that before was, he was arraigned or afterward? Yeah, yeah, this was before the arraignments. They came back in. But they They just couldn't handle it. They just had to leave. This was just so ridiculous. So I'm sitting in the back. And then finally, the judge comes in. Of course, we don't stand. Everyone else stands. Right. And it goes smooth. Um, David's basically, he's um, going to defend himself. And so they didn't make a fuss. Of, no one made a fuss about you not standing. Right. So they had a problem with the cell phone, but not uh, not standing. So that's interesting. We're, we're going to continue here. Keith, you want to keep telling the story. There's more, right? Keith? Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. more. Hang on. 800-259-9231. Courtroom shenanigans. Uh, luckily, they had a, a few people there, at least, uh, to stand together, or rather not stand together. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Morsels. There are a million reasons to bake with Toll House. Find yours at VeryBestBaking.com. 
A balanced diet is important, but so is the occasional treat. Working with your kids to bake a dessert from scratch helps them to appreciate it even more, and it keeps them from resenting having to eat their veggies every other day. Plus, baking is a perfect excuse to spend time with your kids, since just being together is a treat. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Features including, by the way, our webcam. You can go and watch the show and also chat with other Free Talk Live listeners at cam.freetalklive.com. It is totally free. That's cam.freetalklive.com. So how soon do you want to start teaching that child that's special to you about the ideas of liberty? I figured I couldn't start soon enough. An Island Called Liberty is a picture book for children, and I read it all the time to Jack. It's kind of like Ayn Rand meets Dr. Seuss, Ayn Rand. It's a simple story, <laughs> graceful rhymes, and beautiful illustrations on every page will make it a any child's favorite. Go to freemarketunderdog.com and see some samples there and order today. It's a 10% discount for listeners of Free Talk Live with coupon code FTL. It's Island Called Liberty. Coupon code FTL at freemarketunderdog.com. It's a great book. I love it. And uh, Ian, I showed it to you. What do you think? It looks beautiful. Honestly, I haven't taken the time to read through it, but it, it really looked attractive. It, well, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a children's book. I don't know that you'd find it necessarily uh, riveting yourself, but it's a, you know, it's a good, it's a good little story. The toll-free number here tonight is 800-259-9231. So that website was freemarketunderdog.com? Yep. All right. All right. So uh, we're going to continue here. Uh, kind of a court theme tonight and a little bit uh, focused on the activism that's going on here in New Hampshire. Uh, sometimes we get blamed for being a little too New Hampshire-centric. But this is where the action is. I mean, this is where there are levels of liberty activism going on here in New Hampshire that are just unprecedented. They can't be found anywhere else. The best activists in the world are moving here, and so we don't uh, even cover a a, a, a percentage of right. it. Right. I make no apologies for covering. Well, obviously, this. percentage. Right. Not, I, not I, a large percentage. I make no apologies for covering this uh, this news in detail because I want other people to experience the things that are going on here. I want them to see or to hear about what's happening. Of course, you can see a lot of it. Uh, some of Sam's trial, you can see that at freekeen.com. The audio that uh, that Keith is talking about of the police cracking down on people, the court security cracking down on things like cell phones and stuff like that uh what he's going to be telling us about here there is audio that has come out uh that's going to be you available call it cracking down it's just really harassment i mean it's yeah. just harassing people and that's just the excuse for doing it absolutely they want people to obey they want them to obey their arbitrary commands and they'll make up whatever excuses they might you're absolutely right about that uh so apparently audio was recorded and that, I, I believe, is going to be released at freekeen.com within the coming day or so. So keep your eyes open and your ears open for that. But this, it's important to talk about these things, to let people know what's happening here. Just what what is it like when you don't stand up for a judge? What's it like when you try to bring a recording device into a courtroom? I would love to have people around the country doing things like this so we could talk about them. But for the most part, they aren't. So we go back to Keith in New Hampshire, uh, who was there this morning in Nashua, where the Nashua bureaucrats at the courthouse there got their first taste, that we know of at least, of uh, of liberty activists here in New Hampshire. Uh, you were there, Keith. They uh, told you no cell phones at all in other courtrooms around the, the state. It's no problem uh, having a cell phone. And uh, what what else were you, you were explaining a, a moment ago? 
Okay, so I just finished um, a little part, and then David um, had a hearing, and his hearing went normal. It went expected. He pled not guilty. The judge told him he faced up to two years in jail and that he should have an attorney, and it's, it's advisable, and he, he said he understood that. Up to two years so in then, jail, I'd like to point out, for sitting down in front of a police car. Anyway, well, go ahead. they said one year was for sitting down, and the other year was for grasping his hands together, so oh. it was harder for them to put the cuffs on. Right. That's a resisting arrest charge? Yes. Okay. So, but at, at the very end of it, she asked, like, if there's anything else, and then he, he said yes. And then he brought up the case. He pointed to the police-type guy who threatened to arrest him, and he wanted to know why he was threatened with arrest, because he had no idea. And he also wanted to know the guy's name. So instead of the guy mentioning his name, the judge was shocked. She was like, she didn't say what, but she, I mean, she was just, she's like, threatened to arrest you in this courtroom with all of these security people here, right here? And then I think she was just mentally just trying to figure out something to say, so she kept acting shocked. And then she was like, oh, well, I, I, I stand by them. They're of good course. people. They're just trying to keep everyone safe. If they see anything out of the ordinary that's a threat, they're going to act quickly and protect my life. <laughs> yeah, nobody's threatening anyone here. You're going to hurt her with that cell phone, I'm sure. Yeah, if there was a threat, it was a threat to the legitimacy of their uh, their scam, this court ju- so-called justice uh, scam that they've got going on. So what else do you want to share tonight, Keith? Is there anything else? So that, that went around in a circle, and then she ended up making fun of the clothes David was wearing. Wow. Hmm. She never answered any of the questions. No one. The, actually, what happened was the guy ended up speaking up, the police guy, and he actually lied completely to everyone there. He said that I was talking to a lawyer, and that's why I was, you know, messed with. But I never talked to a lawyer. I never even talked to him until he talked to me. I was just talking to the court security. Mm. So I don't know where he came up with that. He's just making stuff up on the spot. He, it, you know, he was so calm and collected. It's almost like he lies for a living. I bet mm-hmm. he does. I don't know if that's true, but that's what it seemed like. I bet he He's does. He's a professional tra- liar, yep. it seems. They're trained to do that stuff. So anything so else you want to share? Yeah, David finally, you know, asked, tried to find out again what the guy's name was. And then the judge actually threatened him with contempt if he, if he said <laughs> anything else, told him to sit down or leave. It was crazy. So, you know, I actually saw the guy leave, the police guy leave the courtroom for a second, and I was going to go ask him, but I knew he was going to arrest me if I asked him his name. Yeah. So are you... So let finally, me get this... What? Uh, I just want to get it straight. At first, the judge seemed to like s- s- empathize, like like she seemed to be on board, kind of wonder what was going on. But then she changed her mind and said, "No, no, I stand by them." Oh yeah, okay. immediately she was like, "They're here to defend us. They're protecting us. They're keeping us safe." And then finally, um, the younger guy had his hearing, and pretty much his hearing was just um, they had pre-approved to pretty much put the case on file, and because he has other, he has another case that he's dealing with. So they just put that one on file and said, you know, it's nothing. And then finally we left. And as we were leaving, I happened to notice that there were only three handicapped um, spaces, parking spaces in front of the courtroom. And two of them were filled with cars that had no handicap markings at all. And that doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. 
So I actually would like to give you exclusive information on these cars, if you don't mind. Okay, yeah. go ahead. I'll bet you they were cop cars. That's what I was thinking. Uh, I have no idea, but let me tell you, if you see one of these cars, be cautious, because these drivers may be rude. They have a history of parking in handicapped spots. <laughs> one was a black Impala, hmm. uh, or Impala, whatever, and here is the license plate number. Oh, I don't know if one, we need to know that. Seven four six nine five, and one was a white Impala, and the license plate number was G. Yeah, I don't know if we zero eight zero four five. Oh, a G number. So That's I, a government number. Yeah, but they. <laughs> oh, I had no idea. I thought that was a personal plate. I didn't know. Both Sorry. of those are are unusual <laughs> plates because they are they don't have the right amount of digits and stuff. So I I'd say that both of those are government vehicles. Come on, an Impala. Well, there's a lot <laughs> of personal plates in New Hampshire. I figured they were just personalized plates. Yeah. But That'd be a, that, right. now that would have been a good a good chance to pull a Jimmy Justice uh, and you know kind of hang. Out until whoever it was. These was guys were going to get thrown in jail, dude. Well, well you know well, what? David Keith, did what? tell them. David went into the court and told the security. He reported them. Hmm. And yeah. what did they do? And nothing happened. No, <laughs> nothing happened. Big surprise. <laughs> Big surprise. Should have called the cops. Hey, uh, Keith, is there more to share? So that's all. Thank Thanks you. for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. It looks like it's on for Nashua. More coming up here. Uh, I think that they're going to have a nice big response the next time there's some sort of trial coming up. And there is at least a couple trials uh, coming up out there. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Features including our archives, which go back all the way back to the beginning of 2009. They're free. Uh, along with the entire website, FTL 2.0. It's been redesigned for the new year here. It's a totally new site, whereas our old site was just more kind of about the show with some user-controllable areas like our forum and our wiki. Now the entire site is based on what you want to see. So you can actually submit uh, your show prep ideas, uh, news stories, video, blog posts, whatever you think will be interesting to our listeners, and they can vote uh, vote them up or vote them down. You also can vote up and vote down the, things, uh, the stories that you think are most uh, interesting or not so much. Uh, and it basically allows our listeners to control the content of our main, main site. It's great. Freetalklive.com, and it's totally free. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Dot com. Of course, the Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime. It's right here in New Hampshire with hundreds of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people. Soon to be thousands, over 10,000 people have signed on to uh, be a part of the Free State Project to make the move from around the world, around the country and around the world, here to New Hampshire, in order to get active for liberty in our lifetime. Now, so far, we've seen a tremendous level of activism, both in the world of civil disobedience, non-cooperation, creating uh, our own media. I was just out today passing out new uh, new copies of the uh, the New Hampshire Free Press, also, of course, political action, as we're going to see uh, quite a bit of that heating up here as uh, this is an election year. So there's a lot of opportunity up here. And the one thing that I think that I can't stress hard enough is that we really could use movers sooner rather than later. Now, the the goal of the Free State Project is to move 20,000 people to New Hampshire, but the 20,000 don't have the obligation to move until 20,000 is reached. So once 20,000 is reached, there's a five-year window where people have agreed that they'll move. 
Some people have moved sooner rather than later, and the three of us on the show here tonight are three of those people, three of the early movers. Hundreds have actually made a move uh, early, and it's made a big difference because uh, networks have been created, uh, ideas have been promulgated, uh, activism has been happening, and it has been an absolute blast. So the more people we can get here sooner rather than later, don't forget movie nights every Tuesday. Better. Yeah, there's a lot of social, uh, socializing that's going on as well. Uh, so it's it's really just a, a great community of liberty-loving people, and there's so much that, that we can do. And we obviously still need more numbers here. We need more people getting active in various different ways. And so hopefully uh, you can come up and, and help us out, help out people like Sam uh, from ObscureTruth.com and all of the other wonderful activists up here, Keith and, and, and the rest of them that you hear so often uh, on this program. Because what else is going on where you live? How's the uh, liberty movement where you are? And that's really what you want to take a look at. Is there uh, a lot of exciting stuff going on where you are? If so, you probably shouldn't leave. But uh, if it's if you're like me and you you feel like the uh, the liberty movement is either non-existent or pathetic uh, where you are, then maybe you should get here. Freestateproject.org is the place to go to learn more. That's freestateproject.org. Coming up here, the grand jury. We've got one man's experience from going to a grand jury in New Jersey. And uh, we'll find out what that was like, because I don't know much about the grand jury. I didn't know more uh, much about it until I read this, what it was like to actually be on uh, a grand jury. We'll get to that from Fija.org. But first, unscreened call uh, from the Oh, excuse me, not an on-screen call. Lady listener, Jane in California. Ladies come first. Jane, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale. And hi, Mark. Hi, Ian. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Jane? Hi there. I'm, I'm calling because three of my friends burned themselves and got better immediately. Oh, um, that's good. The was, human body has an amazing ability to heal itself. That seems abso- outrageous. Yeah, absolutely. But this this was rapid. I mean... Are you going to promote um, a website that uh, some doctor put up that you call a phone number and you give him some information and then he heals you over the phone or something like that? Um, Fireburn Doctor. Mm-hmm. Fireburn Doctor. I mean, yep. these, these people all called. Yeah. We've already heard this. Thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Uh, this isn't free plugs live. You don't get to just call in and plug your uh, your website over and over again. Uh, we haven't heard from them in a little while, several weeks. But they called uh, a while back promoting some site that uh, you, there's a phone number you call in and uh, some guy asks you what what sign you are or something like that. Are you a uh, are you a Leo? Are you a Taurus? You know, what's your birthday? Uh, you know, all this astro- astrological stuff. Sounds very odd. And then they claim to heal burns over the uh, the phone. Okay, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Unscreen caller, you're on the amp line. Hello. Hello, who is this? You are on the air, going once, going twice. Sorry, I was on mute. Uh, this is John from Illinois. John, what's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, as I talked to you guys a few weeks ago, and I decided I wasn't going to fill out the census. I got my first uh, mildly threatening letter from these folks. Oh, really? Yeah. They, I, haven't, I haven't gotten mine yet. All I got was a postcard saying, hey, you didn't send yours in. That's the only thing that's come to me. Uh, mine's a message from the director of the U.S. Census Bureau okay. telling me to return my form today. So, What is, we'll what is what the threat? You said it's mildly threatening, so what was the mild threat? It says you're required by law. This is your last chance to respond by mail before a Census Bureau representative contacts you. Mm. I'm thinking, okay, so, so the punishment so, is that you'll be contacted by a Census Bureau guy. Who you yeah, I'm like, okay, <laughs> so basically they're going to bore me to death. <laughs> well, it's so, presuming you um, answer the door when they come, which is your option. 
That's true, too. So I'll you probably know, just ignore them. <laughs> in Marlboro, they put census uh, data on a form that everyone has to fill out every year for their property. So, so like, if when you get you get a thing saying, have you uh, made any improvements to your property, and then there's a census area. And that form, not specifically the census part of it, but that form uh, has some threats in it and, and even talks about fines that will be applied if you don't return it by a certain time and all that stuff. So I don't know. I'm I'm curious because I'm uh, I'm not gonna put on any uh, census information. So, so we'll you did not fill that form. You did not fill out that form. Well, I I think I'm gonna you know well I mean it's one of those things if I if I don't it's gonna be a big it's gonna become a thing because there is fines attached. I assume it will just attach to the you know to the property. But if it's the census, and I'm the manager of the property, I have to be the one to fill it out. So. That's weird. I mean, they don't do that here in Keene, which is a larger city uh, that I would assume would be more tied in with the federal government. But if it's the U.S. Census, you're saying the feds will put a fine on your your home? No, no. Like I said, the fine is associated with that form, not specifically the census portion. So of if you it. don't fill out the census portion, I don't you fill know. Out I'm the not rest. gonna. I'm gonna fill out the rest. I guess. Okay, that's what I mean. I'm yeah, not just fill not out the, the census portion. And just not I don't the know. census part. I, you know, and see if it just goes on, or if they make a fuss over it. If they do make a fuss over it, I will say I have some moral issues with. With uh, putting tracking information for my government. So, the, so when the census people come to your door, uh, what are you going to do, caller? Uh, well, I'll either not answer. The, the only problem is some. Usually, I don't. People don't knock at my door, so. What did they do? Ring a doorbell? A, oh well, no. I mean, it's just uh, I. You know, I. I just don't get many people unless I, you know, order some food I or see. something. Generally, no one comes to my door. So, right. So uh, you'll know it's probably them when they show up. Yeah, because usually I'll expect my friends, and uh, I live in, a, in a, an enclosed unit, so they actually have to call call the door. The, the doorman has to call me before I let them in. So, oh, okay. So then, I, if you know, I get a front desk and I'm not expecting it, then I just will say, "Oh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm actually away right now, or something." So that's probably what I'll do. Just pretend I'm not home, and uh, you know, most likely I'll probably be at work when these guys show up because I can't imagine they'll stay late. So. <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay. That's a good question. I wonder when they will run their checks because they must know that most people are workers. So uh, I would imagine they would be doing evening check-ins, but maybe they'll try in the maybe they'll try different shifts. Maybe they'll try in the morning, try in the afternoon, try in the evening. Uh, who knows how dedicated they will be at this? And they still don't know who you are, right? I mean, the, everything that they've ever sent me is said to resident at. Yeah, that's right. That that's that's exactly what I got as well. So it's right. to resident. Warning, resident. We will come and get you. Yep. Warning, resident. We're going to send you a fine. We're going to find your. Uh, the, we're going to find resident one hundred dollars. Uh, so that's that's the potential fine here that people are dealing with for, as I understand it, for not sending out the uh, this census form. Which, by the way, the the return rate in the United States is thirty four percent. So about one in three households have sent back the uh, the census form. Well, that's let us, good to hear. Let us know what develops with your case. I thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. This is a great opportunity for Americans to try some civil disobedience, some relatively low-risk non-cooperation. Great opportunity. So uh, if you haven't sent the census in yet, why bother? What obligation do you have to answer any of their questions? It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. 
is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And if you like the program... And you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Uh, by the way, Amazon, of course, uh, you know them. They're the world's largest Internet retailer with dozens of categories in which you can shop. You can even buy used items if you need to save a few extra bucks. So head on over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Police in Franklin Township, New Jersey, recently announced an innovative program. This according to William Grigg over at the Lou Rockwell blog. Designed to improve the safety of senior citizens. Through Operation Blue Angel, elderly residents would leave a key to their front doors in a lockbox accessible by a combination known to the police. Police doing safety checks of the homes would knock on the door and if nobody responds would use the keys to enter. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, it sounds like a good idea, right? I mean, if grandma's fallen and she can't get up, then yep. you know the cops could come in and help her out. Though I don't She's know why you'd want the stinky. Cops. Somebody's got to go in there and get her. I don't know why you'd want the cops to go in and help. Why not give the EMS workers the code? Let them go in. Doesn't seem like the cops are really going to be trained to deal with helping the elderly too effectively. But at least they can give them a call. Nonetheless, what could possibly go wrong? What does anybody have to fear from angelic armed strangers sent to check on their welfare? One possible problem is demonstrated by the shooting death of a 47-year-old Prairie Village, Kansas woman uh, yesterday morning. Police were were sent to her apartment to conduct a welfare check. For some reason, the woman didn't want to be helped by the friendly state functionaries with guns. Oh, but we insist, replied the Blue Angels as they summoned their khaki-clad comrades from the tactical squad. (laughs) Eventually, because of threats she supposedly made against the stormtroopers... The police, in the words of a local TV reporter, were forced to shoot her. Now, we don't know much more uh, detail on the story, but it was a story that started as a welfare check and ended up taking the life of the person they were checking the welfare of. You know, I, I'm afraid that our uh, peace officers haven't been trained in how to de-escalate situations as far as well as they seem to be trained in how to escalate situations. They seem to be able to take your average tra- traffic stop or your helping somebody and be able to turn that into something terrible. However, they don't. what they don't seem to be able to do is uh, act with a certain level of humility and take a situation where somebody's probably had a bad day or done something wrong, yeah. uh, you know, to, to, to some small level, and to de-escalate that into a minor problem. You know, just no big deal. I don't know what different circumstances they will call a welfare check-in on somebody. I imagine, uh, and I'd like to hear from any law enforcement officers out there, what what does a welfare check typically entail? Is it somebody who is uh, being suicidal, somebody who is acting strangely? Um, I, I don't, I'm not sure, and I, I don't want to speculate too much further on that. So maybe if one of our law enforcement officer listeners are out there, you can shed a little light on on what a welfare check is supposed to be. But you might look at that story and you might say, well, she deserved it. She's 47. She she got mouthy with the cops. Uh, they didn't like what, her attitude. They uh, they had to shoot her. I mean, there was. You might say that uh, we don't know all the details. That it's justified. I mean, she she probably asked for it. Well, Martinsville, Indiana is where we go next to uh, the IndieChannel.com. 
where two Martinsville police officers have been suspended. Now, this is unusual that uh, cops will be suspended after they do what they did. After they were accused of using a taser to subdue a 10-year-old. A news release from the mayor's office in the Martinsville Police Department said the officers responded Tuesday evening to Tender Teddy's Daycare on reports of a 10-year-old who was out of control. The release said that the officers trying to prevent the child from hurting the other children, staff members, and himself slapped the boy and then used a taser to subdue him. So as though it weren't insult enough to uh, tase a young 10-year-old boy, they also slapped him across the face, Mm. presumably. I mean, where else do you slap somebody? I suppose you can slap him on the rear end. I suppose. Uh, but they normally, I think they would call that, that would spanking. Be smack. It was spank, yeah. Uh, the release from the department said that while the department will not condone the unnecessary treatment of any subject. I love how they use that term. Subject. You're one of their subjects. Like what? a subject of the king. Yeah, it's exactly what I think when I hear subject. Anyway, uh, the unnecessary treatment of any subject, regardless of age, in any apprehension situation, additional comments will not be made pending results of the final investigation. Now, normally when they do their own investigation of their own people, we find that they typically come out in favor of their people and not in favor of the victim, in this case, the 10-year-old boy. So that remains to be seen in this case. Generally, it's police investigating police, and they find out the police didn't do anything wrong. Exactly. The daycare's owner, Heath Lancaster, didn't want to comment on the case, saying that it was on, that only that it was in the hands of the Department of Child Services and Police. Officials said officers had been called to the daycare before about the same child, Neighbors said that one of the police officers came out here and they said they have trouble with him all the time because he's a problem child. He was kicking and screaming and he wouldn't quit. Kenneth Frazier says he believes the boy needs help. I don't think that that should have happened. I'm sure they could have detained him some other way. They take big grown-ups down without tasing them. Why a 10-year-old? I think that guy just summed it up. They are trained, the police. They go through fairly extensive training on takedown moves and uh, and how to handle big mofos, like guys who are bigger than they are. Yeah. They have that training. They didn't seem scared to slap the kid. I mean, right. you think they'd be uh, okay with taking a 10-year-old they, they and just put, put him They just wanted to. They just wanted to tase him, and then it's just an excuse to do it. They, they're annoyed with the kid, maybe, from... Yeah. They already say, they've already said they, they've, they've sort of built a... They've got a chip on their shoulder from past experiences. And they just wanted to do it, and so they just have to come up with an excuse that can be incredibly flimsy, and it will hold up because he they was out of control. Covered. We can't handle these ten-year-olds. I mean, just one. We can't just handle these one. This one ten-year-old, and, and we're talking about two police officers. Two responded to this call. Yeah. Sir, we just can't handle it out here. We need backup. There's a ten-year-old. We've tried it in the past, not by not tasering. We thought we'd taser him this time. He's waving a pencil at us. I mean, can you, how absurd is this? You're at a daycare. It's not like this kid had a had a gun. I mean, I could understand if a ten year old was wielding a a weapon of some danger, but I could understand coming back with uh, with a weapon back at him. In fact, the original idea behind the taser, for those who don't know this, uh, was to avoid killing people in dangerous situations, people who were uh, con- who were actually posing a threat. To the police or through to other victims. Now it's instant punishment for people disobeying. That's right. It's uh, it's, it's it's not and it, it which is a really bad route to go because they've it's a killed a prod. number of people with yeah, it's, tasers. It's, it's like a cattle prod. They uh, we were talking earlier this week about a, a pregnant woman who was tasered Ugh. just because she wouldn't sign a ticket on the side of the road. So it's all about obedience. It's about do as we say, even if what we say is absolutely outrageous. Do whatever we say or you'll pay the price. You'll suffer 
because you didn't do what we told you to. Because we own you, subject. That's what it's about. Oh, there's a little more. little more, in case you were wondering. Officials said the two officers, whose names weren't released, because, you know, we got to protect our boys in blue. we got to protect our heroes who tase 10-year-olds. They've been suspended with pay. Yeah. <laughs> so not only Paid vacation. Right. Not only did they get uh, the you know the sick sadistic fun for these people. This is what it's all about. It's about uh, you know violence and being sadists and getting away with it. Not only did they get the sadistic joy of being able to see that ten year old boy writhe around in pain as he was being tased uh, by their cattle prod, but they also got a paid vacation out of it all. You know, chances are good they're not going to get in any trouble for it. Um, chances are good. He was out of control. We see story after story of, you know, you see ridiculously low number child tased by police, and it, you know, nothing happens. So your thoughts are welcome. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And of course, we're all paying for it on top of everything else. As though, as though their behavior weren't bad enough, it's even the more embarrassing that we're all going along with it. Every single one of us, we're all paying the property taxes. That uh, and the sales taxes or whatever taxes they're they're forcing you to pay or threatening you over, they're extorting from you. We're all going along with it, and uh, they'll just keep tasing you because you keep paying for it, right? When is that going to stop? When is that going to end? When are are we going to finally say enough is enough? I will not put up with this anymore. I will not fund the imprisoning of peaceful people. I will not fund the torturing. Of, peace, of people who do not deserve it. I'm not going to call this little boy peaceful because he probably was out of, you know, lose, out of control. But He's the probably way they kicking hand- some shins or something. Yeah, the way they handled it was, was inappropriate. So I will, not, I will not fund this anymore. When will we have enough people gathered together in the same place? Because you can't do it where you are. You can't do it all alone. You can't make a stand like that by yourself because they'll just come take your house and then they'll put you in a cage. Yeah, if you try to do anything about it, they'll bring in the, you know, local... You know, the tank they got from uh, the Army surplus and, uh, you know, shoot you or whatever. But what if you have 100 people in a relatively small geographic area who say, nah, I'm not going to pay uh, my property taxes or a portion of the property taxes. And then how many houses are they willing to steal to prove they're right? I'd love to find out. More coming up here. Uh, hour number three is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Free Talk Live. Take control of the airway. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. Darn it. I'm trying to train myself not to speak within the first 10 seconds. Sorry, WNYY. Uh, Our uh, program director over there in Ithaca, they're they're taking our third hour of the show. 
has asked that we not talk within the first 10 seconds of the music at the beginning of the hour because they're playing a liner. Uh, so a local liner. We just talked over their liner. Anyway, I'm getting better at it. I've got a little reminder here that pops up. I just wasn't looking at the screen. Uh, so uh, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves, uh, bring up whatever's on your mind here. That's uh, the point of the program. As we continue, we've been on kind of a courtroom theme tonight. And I have a story from uh, a firsthand account, actually, from the Fully Informed Jury Association. At one point, I ordered, I think it was the Ron Paul DVD. They've got a DVD that's hosted by Ron Paul about jury rights and the the fact that you have a right when you're on a jury to essentially vote not guilty based on your thoughts about the law, based on your opinion. Jury nullification. Yeah, it's called jury nullification. And it's a long-held right in uh, Western common law. I've heard heard a thousand years. It's essentially you're not just judging the person's actions, but you're judging the law itself. Right, and essentially the uh, lawyers and the judges in the last 50 years have decided that the the average folks do not need to have this right, and they've tried to they've attempted to eliminate it. They don't no, mention it. Yeah, through no effort of legislation or anything like that. To some point, just, that a, just a conspiracy of silence, basically. Yeah, they'll they'll even come so go so far as to uh, you know dismiss the jury if you try to talk to them um, about this particular issue. Right, they'll uh, they'll hang the or they'll essentially cancel the case. They'll start it over again if you manage to taint the jury with the idea of jury nullification. If you're the defendant, for instance, and you bring up jury nullification, uh, who knows? They might even try to hit you with contempt. They do not like they Some. do not like the idea that the jury might find out about jury nullification. And so there is FIJA, the Fully Informed Jury Association, that is dedicated to informing jurors of their rights to to, to let people know that they have the right to say not guilty based on how they feel about the law. The judge will tell you, the man in the robe or the woman in the robe will tell you that, well, you have to judge the case based on the preponderance of the evidence and uh, blah, 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 whatever we present. Basically, they say, whatever we present here, we tell you what the law means. And if you see that there's enough evidence to show that the person had violated whatever the law is, you must vote guilty. It's not true. You they, can- they really want to nullify the jury. I mean, they really just want the jury to... You know, they want the, they, it's like they just want the jury's just there to validate what they have already intended to conclude. Yes. They're essentially uh, a part of the window dressing. I mean, the entire justice system is essentially window dressing and cover for violence. It's cover for violence against so many people who don't really deserve it, people who haven't harmed others. Yeah, occasionally you do actually have real criminals going through there. It's like you, the, you're allowed to cut, you know, they, you're going you're gonna to decide, but you have to decide based on, on, on this criteria. And then, and then you just, you know, you have a jury just say, well, you know, someone just says, well, I, I find, I don't find, I don't find evidence that they're guilty, and then they, you know, they'll go through a process of like making them explain. Yeah, why you not? can, <laughs> you can just basically say if you're on a jury and you know about jury nullification, it's my understanding that uh, if you're asked about why you voted not guilty, you can just say, I don't think you proved your case, and you don't have to give any more reason than that. You don't have to answer, de- give them detailed answers as to why. You, they recommend FIJA, as, as I recall, recommends not specifically not revealing to the remainder of the jury who may be voting guilty. You may be the only one voting not guilty to not reveal to them what jury nullification. Yeah, yeah, to not reveal to them what jury nullification is, because then you could be, as you said, Dale, be disqualified. I feel they're I feel they're not guilty. 
So F- Fully Informed Jury Association is about reaching out to jurors and getting the information into their hands. Some of the things we've done up here in New Hampshire uh, have been regular FIJA outreach. We've got these flyers we printed out with our own website uh, printed on them. So there's the FIJA website at FIJA.org. You can get flyers there. You can get PDFs. You can order flyers. You can print your own or you can order them from them. <clears throat> there's also DVDs and things like that. Great website. Really principled organization. And I love their newsletter. So when I ordered something, they started sending me this newsletter. And it's got some really great Liberty quotes in it. The uh, the editor of the, the, the newsletter and the lady in charge of FIJA, Ilolio Marguerite Jones, is wonderful. She's very principled. And the organization over the last couple of years since she took over has really gone in favor of civil disobedience and non-cooperation. And they really have taken, a, a, I think, an even more principled turn than they than they've had in the past as far as uh, supporting liberty. But there was a, an, an article in there this month, or this, I think it's quarterly, actually, this quarter, that I found just absolutely stunning. Because normally FIJA just talks about reaching out to jurors on uh, regular juries. I've never heard them mention grand juries. I don't think they have any documents to reach out to grand juries. But there's a first-hand account by a man named Michael Callaghan from New Jersey who wanted to share his view on what a, what happened to him when he actually served on a grand jury in the state of New Jersey. And here, his, uh, here is his account. I feel it's my obligation to publicly air what I perceive to be a mishandling of legal precedent by the court and its stewards as represented to both myself and other members of the jury on which I served. It has been repeatedly stressed that our exclusive function, this is the grand jury now, is to determine whether or not enough probable cause exists to return an indictment. There is to be no consideration of the laws themselves, their ethical merits, or lack thereof. No consideration given to possible excessive punishments, as may be dictated by an overzealous judiciary. This has been stressed to us, handed out in the form of initiation packages, and reiterated nearly every session. Probable cause, it seems to be a mantra, probable cause, do not consider anything other than probable cause. And here is why I must circulate this letter. They seem to be wrong. The wards of the court, the judges, the assistant prosecutors, the lot of them. I would suspect we have been intentionally misled, but that implies a degree of nefarious intent I do not intuitively feel exists. Oh, I do. (laughs) I still wonder why the court has been so adamant in misinterpreting, excuse me, misrepresenting its purpose to us, particularly when their stated purpose serves no purpose other than the subversion of democratic principles. The purpose of a grand jury is to determine probable cause among other considerations. Indeed, as our friend Sam pointed out uh, earlier on the program, he pointed out that uh, the grand jury can bring anyone up on charges. The grand jury has the ability to charge judges and bureaucrats and politicians these people are, to some extent, a very important part of the system that exists. Right. It's supposed to be a check and balance uh, against the judicial system going awry and all that kind of thing. They, people they, getting charged for things that they don't, they shouldn't be charged with and, and hassled. Right. And, uh, you know, having to deal with the court system when, uh, you know, they, they shouldn't. They're so powerful. The, the power that a grand jury has is so tremendous. That's why they're being lied to. That's why they're being told that, oh, no, you don't do anything but determine whether or not we can charge these criminals over here. The regular lot of so-called criminals, you know, drug dealers and the other lots of other peaceful people that they uh, they go after and the occasional actual criminal. But they just tell them, no, 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 you don't get to do anything else but, but look at the probable cause. And what he's pointing out in this uh, letter is that that's just not true. They're not telling the whole story. 
So he says, uh, let me reference this statement, something no person from the court has yet done about their claim of probable cause being the jury's sole function. According to U.S. legal definitions, a grand jury's purpose is to investigate alleged crimes, examine evidence, and issue indictments if they believe that there is enough evidence for a trial to proceed. So the idea was that if you had a, a, a crime that was committed by a government bureaucrat, you could take your evidence to the grand jury and say, take a look at this. Here's what I've got. This is what this bureaucrat did. This is what this person did. Not just bureaucrats, but that's certainly what they want to avoid. They don't want any of their people to get in trouble, so they shield the grand jury from knowing about this. They shield them from finding out about this. But you should be able to take that evidence to them, and then they get to bring those bureaucrats up on, uh, on charges. But they're locking them out from that knowledge. They're an impartial panel of citizens who must determine whether reasonable cause or probable cause to believe that a crime has been committed exists. The grand jury acts as a check on the prosecutorial power of the state. Note that last line, says Callahan. The grand jury acts as a check on the prosecutorial power of the state. Why has this never been drawn to our attention in the court materials, all of which are suspiciously not sourced from any external documents, legal or otherwise? So the court's just making up their own documents, basically. Uh, how can we possibly accept, as citizens of a democracy, and I take issue with that, but nonetheless, how can we possibly accept documents which set no precedent whatsoever? According to the court, we must not act as any check on unwarranted state power. Hey, the law may be unjust, but you have to indict if there's probable cause. Does that make, does that make sense to any rational person on any level? No. He's got more about his story here and his experience on the grand jury. We'll share that with you here in moments. Have you ever been on one of these things? What was your experience like? There aren't very many Americans who have, I don't think. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Features including various different ways to listen in. We've got our live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, webcam, and listen lines, which will allow you to listen in via any phone that can dial long distance. You can go to listen.freetalklive.com to get all the details. That's listen.freetalklive.com. If you're looking to buy a house or a, a car in the near future, you need to check with cleaningcredit.com because if you have foreclosures, bankruptcies, judgments, liens, collections, late payments, or any kind of derogatory credit on your credit file, it can cost you hundreds if not thousands of dollars if you're looking to make a ma major payment, and so many of us are. Um, cleaning credit will dispute derogatory credit with the, uh, the, the, the three credit reporting agencies and, uh, you know, clean up your credit report. All you have to do is go to cleaningcredit.com and it's a, a credit repair law firm and they're, you know, with the Better Business Bureau and they're rated very highly there. So just go check them out. Cleaningcredit.com. Their, their rates for doing this extraordinarily affordable. Um, you will thank yourself. Cleaningcredit.com. 
800-259-9231. Have you ever been on a grand jury? What was your experience like? I doubt anybody listening has because they're fairly rare, uh, the amount of people that are selected for them. They, they, the, here in New Hampshire, they only meet once – or excuse me, they, they meet for six months, but it's just a panel of 14 or 20 people or so that meet for that six-month period. So you're looking at 30 people a year in one county that, uh, Not that are seeing this grand jury action. And so we look to the Fully Informed Jury Association in their quarterly newsletter where there's a story from Michael Callahan. He's sharing his experience about exactly how much of a scam this all really is. He points out that the grand jury's purpose is to uh, is to essentially investigate an uh, impartial panel of citizens who must determine whether a reasonable cause, reasonable cause or probable cause to believe a crime has been committed exists, uh, that they examine evidence and issue indictments, that they investigate alleged crimes, if they believe there's enough evidence, uh, and they, they issue the indictments if they believe there's enough evidence for a trial to proceed. But when he was on the grand jury, what they were telling him was, all you do is determine whether there's probable cause for these cases we put in front of you. So we've determined what the cases are. You determine whether or not we can move forward with them. And, of course, they're encouraged sure. to move forward with them. And, uh, you know, these people on the grand jury, they're, um, they don't, they, you know, they're, they're in a new environment. They're going to do something. They're civic duty. Mm-hmm. They sit down in front of the guy with the suit who says, I am the attorney general or whatever, you know, the, the local version of that is. Yeah, the county I'm, attorney. Uh, yeah, I'm the head lawyer in charge of prosecuting bad people around here. Well, he's and, an expert. He must know what and, he's And I am going to tell you the, these cases. You're going to look at the evidence, and you're going to tell us how many times we were right. Yep. Are you ready, ladies and gentlemen? Okay, let's go. And that's how right. they do it. They, you know, they, they they never get told that the reason for the grand jury in the first place was to be able to hold that creep and all the creeps like him accountable for the creepy things that they do. Absolutely, it's a check on the prosecutorial power of the state. Anybody that's been paying attention to the so-called justice system knows that the prosecutors in this country are not checked in any way, shape, or form. They're allowed to just destroy people's lives without any consequences coming to them. Countless people who have never harmed another person are brought up on various different charges of silly nonsense, malum prohibitum things like uh, drug pro- drug possession, open container, public intoxication, things like that. And if you actually had grand jurors that were holding the bureaucrats accountable, to some extent, things might not be as crazy as they currently are. But they're in charge of the system, the uh, these bureaucrats, and so they just lie to people and... People believe them because, well, I mean, bureaucrats would never tell a lie, right? Anyway, back to his story. So the U.S. Attorney's Manual itself states that prosecutors, quote, must recognize that the grand jury is an independent body whose functions include not only the investigation of crime and the initiation of criminal prosecution, but also the protection of the citizenry from unfounded criminal charges, unquote. Further, according to cases cited by the Fully Informed Jury Association, an independent grand jury is to stand between the prosecutor and the accused, and to determine whether a charge is legitimate or is dictated by malice or personal ill will. The grand jury is to protect citizens against hasty, malicious, and oppressive persecution, and to ensure that prosecutions are not dictated by an intimidating power or by malice and personal ill will. The independent grand jury is described as a body with powers of investigation and inquisition. The scope of whose inquiries is not to be limited narrowly by questions of propriety or forecasts of the probable result of the investigation. Without thorough and effective investigation, the grand jury would be unable either to ferret out crimes deserving of prosecution or to screen out charges not warranting prosecution. What I have done is cited legal documents and Supreme Court decisions to make my point and the U.S. Attorney's Manual. 
I ask that these points be refuted in like manner and not in an I told you so tone or dogmatic refutation. According to what I've read, the stewards of the court are wrong in demanding exclusivity to probable cause, meaning that all you do, grand jurors, is what we tell you to. Yeah. If probable cause were the only consideration, then we would have to, for example, vote on the side of ethical bankruptcy according to corrupt legislation. If there were Jim Crow laws, the court is telling us that we would have to punish a person who chose to desegregate. Really? If this were before women had the right to vote, the court is obligating us to punish women who want to cast a vote. Similarly, just to add to this, they they would also say that uh, you know you'd have to punish those Jews for running away from the train uh, the train cars in, yeah, in sure. Nazi Germany. Meaning you don't have the ability uh, to make an, a, Which an ethical is decision. It's absolutely nonsense. They're trying that they, you know as they've tried to take the uh, jury and emasculate it, they've tried to take the grand jury and do the same to it. Yep. I mean, what? No real surprise. No, here. it's not a surprise, but it's interesting. It's a look into the yeah. world of what this is like because we've never heard anything about this. Honestly, right, the grand juries of, really are this, uh, it's secretive. this enigma. Honestly, the lack of reason here is stunning and points to a system that has lost touch with the public it was created to serve. <laughs> I don't know if it really was, but <laughs> nonetheless, that's the, the story. Rather than punish. Our function as a cross-section of citizens who are convened in the system is to stand between the judiciary and the public, to prevent overzealous prosecutors and judges, as well as determine probable cause. Is this such a frightening concept that certain people must mislead us in order to take that away from us, a very part of our reason to convene? Must we further remove the citizenry from engaging in the democratic process by dictating their essential judicial impotence? Perhaps most menacingly, who benefits from this campaign of misinformation? I can tell you without equivocation, it is most certainly not the citizenry. So why the obfuscation of apparent facts? I leave these questions to the public and close with one last thought. To further stress the importance of the grand jury as a failsafe against monolithic judiciaries, if determining probable cause were our only function, does that imply the police are making arrests without probable cause? Well, so I I have a question here. The the gentleman who's writing this, I would assume, was on a grand jury for a period of time because people who are are generally appointed for a period of time. Why did he not say, are you trying to obscure something from the grand jury? Is that a crime? And should we on the grand jury be, you know, bringing charges against you, sir, for not for obscuring this? Well, we don't have him here to answer that question, but I would imagine it's because he was intimidated. (laughs) What then do the police handcuff people for if not probable cause? The entire affair smells uh, fishy, but thus far nobody in the court will address these questions. I hope this letter sees publication as this is an issue vital to our existence as a freedom-loving democratic society, as uncomfortable as that notion might make certain others feel. Now, I'm in no favor of uh, democracy. I think it's just uh, mob rule, Two uh, two wolves and a sheep deciding on dinner, but nonetheless... I think it's a very interesting look into the world of the grand jury and how they are scammed as much as any other jurors and told that you do what we say and only what we say within the parameters of what we say. They're lying. The parameters are much larger than that. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever's on your mind by dialing in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. uh, 800-259-9231 tonight. It's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. And join join Dale online over at his website, anarchyinyourhead.com. There are hundreds of uh, liberty-oriented cartoons for you to enjoy over there. And uh, Dale asks only that you uh, maybe buy some of his stuff at his store. But also, you can go to vote.anarchyinyourhead.com to help him out in a daily voting contest, uh, a daily uh, contest between you and a lot of other comic strips online. Thousands. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, your help there is appreciated. Anarchyinyourhead.com also features uh, the occasional blog post and uh, essay and thoughts by Dale. Did you put the uh, your recent video up there, yes, too? Yes, I did. Okay, cool. So people can go on over there and enjoy all that. It's, uh, it's free. Anarchyinyourhead.com. We go to your phone calls about what you want. Jamie is in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jamie. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, it's Jamie from WheelsOffLiberty.com. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, man, um, I was just calling to, um, of course, during the Liberty Forum, um, the 420 protest. Well, um, one of my friends, Cat Bliss, kind of got popped, I guess, by the cops on that bill. And I just wanted everybody to be aware that um, we have a little link for her to help cover some of her court costs to get back and forth to New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to, you know, try to try to get anybody's money that's going to donate to Free Talk Live or anything. But um, if any of your listeners would like to donate to Cat's, you know, court cost expense, we would. We would love to have that, and we're trying to put this on for her. And I think it's a good cause for for a, a, a person that's into civil disobedience to help her out once she did get popped by the cops. Okay, how do people do that, Jamie? Um, just go to willsoffliberty.com, and there's a banner with um, Kat's picture up there. And, you know, I mean, she's like in Kansas and Texas and stuff, and pretty much devoting a lot of her time to going around about these fusion centers. And we thought it would be a nice thing to do to... Um, so, Cat, a few dollars. So, so just um, to bring our listeners up to speed, she was arrested uh, because she was not obedient enough. Uh, basically, the cops were cracking down on a 420 celebration up in Nashua, New Hampshire. And after another uh, activist was arrested for sitting in front of a police car or standing in front of the police car, uh, they arrested him. He went limp. Cat was on the street. They were demanding people get off the street. Uh, she was one of the. Uh, she she refused to get off the street. She was videotaping, and they didn't like that very much. So they arrested her. And isn't she charged with disorderly conduct? Yeah, she's charged with not licking boots. I guess yeah, that's the only much. thing I could see wrong. Was so, she wasn't a bootlicker. So I take it she is uh, she is not going to be pleading guilty then. Uh, as far as I can tell, she's not going to be. But I mean, even if uh, whatever choice she makes. Um, you know, that's totally up to her, but just the, the travel expense of loan and, and the food cost to make that trip to New Hampshire, I mean, you guys know how much that is. That's, oh, it's a, a, lot. that's a long drive for people, and um, we just like to be supportive for one of our own in this whole movement. So um, we thought we'd put that up and um, allow people to, you know, give a buck or two if they wanted to. So. Yeah, it certainly is not the Free State yet. Uh, the Free State Project has chosen New Hampshire as the destination for liberty activists from around the country, but it's not no, it's nowhere near free at this point. Uh, there are a lot of ludicrous uh, laws and, and government bureaucrats that are out of control up here. And so I'm, I'm, I think it's great that she, uh, she, she engaged in civil disobedience without even being here. It's certainly a lot easier to do disobedience uh, when you live here in, in New Hampshire. It's just Sounds more, like second nature to her. Yeah, it's, it's more convenient. Uh, but certainly, uh, people can go to wheelsoffliberty.com. dot 
com and they can find the banner and and, uh, and give to, to help her get back up here for the for the trial. Most definitely. I and think it would be a good thing for us to do, man. It sounds like it's going to be an exciting uh, trial as well. I, do you know what the date is? Is it early May? Is that right? I, I believe it's real early May, like May 3rd, if I'm – I might be mistaken on okay. that, though. Okay, well, Ian, then she's, but... in, she's in luck because uh, da- the other guy that was arrested, David Cruz, one of the activists from the Keene area, was arrested for standing in front of the cop car. I believe his trial is scheduled for April 26th. So she's she's – I think she might be fortunate in that – you know, the real blast of activism is going to happen a week before hers, although maybe they'll take it out on her. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it all it all plays out. But these guys in uh, Nashua, these bureaucrats in Nashua, we had a guy call in earlier tonight about uh, how they are just absolutely out of control. They've never had to deal with liberty activists there before. And so they are going to they were making threats today uh, when he went to the arraignment this morning. And so they uh, they don't even know what they're dealing with yet. They've had uh, just they were just three people there today to support David. Normally, we can turn out 20 to 40 people, no problem, with enough notice and with enough promotion. The only problem was this wasn't promoted because it was just an arraignment, and I guess David didn't really think it was important to promote it. Uh, but we're expecting to have a pretty big turnout when the first trial hits, and it sounds like it'll be David's. So uh, these these uh, old boys, good old boys in Nashua, New Hampshire, are going to find out what the Liberty Movement can do. And so they it's haven't be even a lot of heard fun. Mark and his bullhorn. You know how <laughs> crazy he can get running around with his. His little bullhorn yelling at bureaucrats. Yeah, stuff. it'd be funny to see Mark with a bull with a bullhorn. <laughs> Doesn't sound like me. So, Jamie, anything else going on uh, that you want to share with our audience? Uh, that's it, man. I just wanted to kind of drop that, and hopefully, we can get some support to this um, lady in the Liberty Movement. All right, cool, man. We'll uh, we'll see you up here for the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I believe you're attending that, oh. correct? Yeah, I'm um I'm raising money for it too as I speak, but I'm doing that through my work, so I'm not asking for any donations on that. All right, so. cool. Uh, Looking forward we'll to pick, it. We'll catch you all later, man. Very good, Jamie. Thank you for the call tonight. We, Jamie from WheelsOffLiberty.com. Great show, by the way. You're looking for more great uh, pro-liberty content. Check those guys out. Uh, you can hear them also on uh, LibertyRadioNetwork.com. 800-259. Yep, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We go to Jan listening in Pennsylvania. Jan, you're on Free Talk Live. I, uh, I have uh, a comment I wanted to make about juries in general, not yes, grand juries specifically, but... Uh, I've been on uh, on a jury, on a criminal uh, murder mm. juries, uh, and also I was on uh, uh, two pools, jury pools, where I wasn't selected, although I, my presence was required. And uh, Pennsylvania has, central Pennsylvania has relatively large counties compared to, I think, where you are, yeah. for example. And uh, the... Uh, the counties are, tend to be rather rural. The uh, minority populations tend to live in in towns, and uh, the jury pool seems to be exclusively from the rural area. Hmm. Not only that, but the, the there is a racial difference between so, the jury. I'm understanding you. You're saying they're picking white people from the surrounding uh, rural areas to sit on juries of uh, of maybe uh, black people that have been coming from the, the urban areas. Yes, and I and my reference is to jury of your peers. Yeah. They, they, uh, there's also an age difference. Everybody who has any kind of an alibi whatsoever to get off of jury duty, such as they're fully employed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so you end up with a retired uh, jury yeah. with uh, 
a lot of medical problems, uh, minor medical problems, and uh, and a lot of unhappiness with being there. And you sit them on wooden chairs <laughs> for hours at a time. Yep. In, uh, and you cannot leave the wooden chair. You cannot talk among your fellows. You cannot go to the restroom without an armed guard. <laughs> and by midday, this late middle-aged uh, senior group has a very, very unpleasant aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine it does. And, and in one one case, they had 77 uh, alleged felons that were, and they made a presentation uh, in such a way that the felons got to view the jury pool. And so there you have these very young, uh, late teens, early 20s, alleged felons in chains staring through this opening mm-hmm. at this large group of racially uh, divergent people from themselves mm-hmm. with this really, really dire look on their faces. <laughs> and you add to that, by the way, all of this is true, I think, in a lot of places across the country. You add to that the fact that they actually actively screen out anybody that indicates that they might understand what freedom is. So you really you get the elderly, the old white status, basically, is what you get. Uh, any information that you give them that might identify you as somebody who understands freedom or understands at least some of the rights or the rules of the system, they'll throw you right the hell out on your butt. Hey, uh, thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Jury of your peers, what a joke. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but enough time for your call. If you make it now to 1-800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. They are free. And they include our news updates. So you can get signed up over at news.freetalklive.com. Get the latest about Free Talk Live via your email box, via Twitter, or via Facebook. You can get all three or one or two or whatever works best for you over at news.freetalklive.com. Again, news.freetalklive.com. We just heard from uh, Jamie in Oklahoma, the uh, one of the hosts of the Wheels Off Liberty podcast. Great show. Uh, but another great show you need to know about is the School Sucks podcast where the public school system, of course, sucking off the productive capacity of hardworking people, and whether public education succeeds or fails, spoiler alert, it fails, at providing real education to the public, the cost goes up and up year after year. There are no refunds. Oh, yeah, and it also destroys individualism and curiosity. School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of government education. You can visit schoolsucksproject.com to learn more. That's schoolsucksproject.com. As we continue here with your phone calls about what you want. Mark is in Brazil. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how you doing? Hey, you're on the air. Hey, I just wanted to uh, make a couple of comments about uh, drinking driving. It's something I heard you guys talk about a few times on the podcast recently. I'm okay. a little bit behind. 
Go for it. And uh, I, I think that you make uh, a very good point in, in, in saying that the issue is not specifically drinking and driving, but it's actually it's reckless driving, whatever is the source of the problem, whether it's drinking or or listening to music or fighting in the car, whatever. I, I think that that's, I think that's a good principle. And right. uh, the, other, the other one I, I think is a good point is you say that these crazy laws were like if you try to sleep it off in your car, you'll, just, you'll still get pulled over for drinking and driving. And it's, I agree that, that that's ridiculous. Yeah, that, ridiculous. that part just uh, that, that astonishes most people, even ones that, yeah. uh, you know, your most adamant matters out there. Oh, what? I mean, they don't. They can't believe that they would give somebody a ticket for drinking and driving who is actually sleeping it off in their car so that they're not drinking and driving. Yeah. But they do the, it. The only they, thing, they do it all the time. The only thing I was going to uh, say is that, um, and you know, maybe I'm, uh, you know, misinterpreting it, but you, I think you're talking recently about uh, laws in Montana, or I'm not sure which state, which are a little more uh, liberal about uh, drinking and passengers and whatever else. And on that and a few other occasions, it's it's almost generated the impression that you're sort of like, oh, well, drinking driving's not that big a deal, or oh, have a drink and uh, that's cool. And that that kind of bothered me, and, and and I just wanted to know if if that was really how you guys feel about it, or if I was just misunderstanding your 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 attitude. I think that what um, what you're confusing here is the act of drinking while driving or being drunk and driving. In Montana, until relatively recently, it was legal to drink a beer and drive. But would you agree that somebody who's drinking a beer isn't necessarily over or um, you know over or under whatever the, the terminology you would use over the uh, the, the legal uh, intoxication limit? Yeah, not necessarily just because it's in his hand. I understand that. So yeah. why? What is the problem then if somebody driving down the road having a, a Budweiser um, if they are? You know, if their blood alcohol limit isn't at .08, if indeed .08 is in fact some level of intoxication that we can quantify that is the same for everyone that makes everybody drive just as badly, which is clearly ludicrous. Yeah, you're you're sort of making a, a literal point, which is just holding the beer and and driving is, no, no, is not I, a, a I, problem. I'm telling you and, that it was until recently legal in that state and has been legal in quite a, quite a, well, obviously legal in Well, that's in fine, state. but of course, as, as libertarians, we're not really concerned with what the lie is as much as what we think is right, right? Right. And I think, you know, so, I think that it's sort I, of... I, I was just trying to understand if I if I understood clearly if, if you guys think that it's, it's okay to be in, intoxicated or getting intoxicated in, in driving or if I was misunderstanding the your observation. Well, define intoxicated. I mean, if you have a, a chemical in your veins, does that mean you're intoxicated, or is it only when you've reached a certain concentration of that chemical that you are intoxicated? Well, I mean, we can get into semantics. We're talking about, you know, well, if you have well, ingested that, a substance that makes you impaired in terms of driving to the point that you could be potentially hurting other people. I think that... Um, I have a problem with sort of a, a, a guilty until proven innocent approach to to people. I think that you know someone. I, I we we should certainly err on the side of that that people are innocent until they're proven guilty. And I don't think you know some arbitrary number is a good basis for that. I mean, obviously, if 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 someone is is I mean, if you can sh- demonstrate that they're driving recklessly. That's very, you know, that that would be that would mean something if they did some property damage, if they actually have an accident. Obviously, there's there's all these things that are that come into play. But I think the the point is 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 these are sort of arbitrary numbers are um, 
are not are are sort of a taking approach of of get guilty until proven innocent. And I think even more important is um, what texting has been shown to be what six times, twenty times, whatever uh, you know study you want to look at more dangerous than uh, uh, you know being at a certain level of intoxication. Um, so should people that uh, you know that knowingly pull out their phone and text get twenty or being times? Tired. Yeah, or, uh, being tired being is tired just is, as bad as being yeah. drunk. So, so should people that are knowingly being tired and and driving? Because I was recently kind of tired and driving, but I'm like, you know what? I can push through this. I'll be I've okay. Done, I'll I turn up the radio. Too. I'll run down the, 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 the window just a little bit, and I'll be cool, right? And, you know, I made it, and everything was fine. I didn't kill anybody, and everything was cool. But should I have gotten, what, the, the $1,500 fine that uh, the drunk drivers get? Um, should I have gotten all the bad things they get? Because, you see, we vilified this one particular group because cops can kind of kick them around and make them walk a line and blow into this test, and we can test it really easy but there's all these other things that aren't quite as easy for cops to uh, to screen for that we don't punish nearly the same and do you see how that group is kind of vilified in an unfair fashion yeah i, I understand the point that there are many other activities that are equally or more dangerous that are that are not uh, uh taken to task or, or very well codified in terms of law and, and that, that's fine I, I wasn't really so much concerned about that i was simply the, just, I had the sensation that when you guys were talking about it, it was sort of like, yeah, cool, go out and drink and whatever, it's great. We're happy no, to the law where it's more liberal, the... and, and maybe I got it wrong. You know, that's right. all I'm yeah. saying. I, th- I don't think your question has really been answered yet uh, by the other host, so I'll answer it. I don't see what the problem uh-huh. is with having a beer and driving down the road. I don't see what the problem is with that. I've certainly done Not that by um, more but, than one time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I have a problem with someone being being truly intoxicated yeah. and impaired and, and driving, but but I just I just... I think that it's not as black and white as, and I think the way the law is is actually very, um, very dangerous from a from a point of view where we're trying to treat people as innocent until proven guilty. So did that uh-huh. answer your question? Uh, yeah, that's fine. Thanks. Okay, thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. We continue with Steve in New Hampshire. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Steve in New Hampshire. Going once. I'm here. You're Hello. on the air, Steve. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, hey. Uh, I was just browsing the uh, lamestream media here, and on the front page of CNN, an article caught my eye. It says, full body scanners improve security, TSA says. <laughs> so <laughs> good so I, everywhere. It, and so I clicked on it, and there's this, there's five pictures here that show, you know, what they've improved, you know, what they've done. And every picture has pictures of drugs. Hmm. <laughs> just... You know, cocaine, right? Heroin. Doesn't have oh. anything to do with making you really safer on the plane. Yeah, just has to do with catching. No, not, nothing like that. Not stopping terrorists, but we are finding marijuana. Yep. Yep. I just thought I'd share that with you. Thanks that was for all. doing that, Steve. Appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Hey, here's a quickie for you from uh, the Examiner, WashingtonExaminer.com. When Virginia delegate Kirkland Cox from uh, Colonial Heights set up the Tax Me More Fund in two thousand two, he did it to make a point. Those complaining the most about loudly about spending cuts could put their own money where their mouth was and make a voluntary contribution to the state of Virginia. Great idea, right? I mean, there's I've been out at uh, at at tax freedom events before where people have told me I like paying taxes. 
Oh, great. Well, you can pay mine then because I don't. I don't like uh, having money forcibly extracted from me and then taken by bureaucrats to do whatever the hell they want, including kill people around the world, uh, murder brown people, throw uh, immigrants out of the country and, and uh, you know, just destroy freedom. Yeah, I don't appreciate that very much. So you can go ahead and pay my taxes. So this guy uh, set up a fund, tax me more fund, figured, you know, hey, the people that want to give more money to the government can now give as much as they want in Virginia. <laughs> Last year, to supplement a $74 billion 2008-2010 biennial state budget, they did just that. The total collected over the two years, $1,500, according to the Virginia Department of Taxation. That's better than pre-recession 2006, when just $19.36 was donated. (laughs) In fact, since 2002, the fund has collected a grand total... This is in eight years of $12,887, which doesn't even pay the salary of one part-time state employee. Probably the one that administers the uh, the fund. I thought it was a, started as a joke, and I maybe I'm mistaken about that. No, nope, it's a real deal. I thought someone started it to prove that, in fact, people don't want to be taxed. <laughs> that, was the pr- that was the proof, yes. So, yeah. so they were right, that people did not want to be taxed. Anyway, we're out of time. It's been Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Back tomorrow night for the live Saturday edition. Of free- oh, wait, it's not Friday. We're back tomorrow night for the Friday show. It's free. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. So it's another edition of the Edgington Post. And today I've got with me Chad Bean from HostGator.com. Chad, HostGator's one of the uh, premier names in web hosting on the internet, um, and it's uh, rated, from what I can tell, rated most highly on the websites that I've seen that rate hosting sites. Um, Tell me about HostGator. Well, HostGator is, like you said, a web hosting company. Uh, Right now, we have about 3 million domain names that host with us, so we're definitely growing pretty fast. We started in 2002, and uh, we started in Florida and moved to uh, Houston, Texas. And, um, yeah, things are going good for us. Um, and uh, we specialize basically in getting someone who's never had a website, uh, getting them a website. We have domain name registrations, and we also have you know, free site building software. So if you're not too familiar uh, with building a website, if you're not an expert, you can easily do it with HostGator. Tell me, tell, tell me the step-by-step how that's done. Usually um, if I have you know, do, to do some kind of web work, I, I'll buy the domain name, and then I'll have one of my – People do it, <laughs> and uh, I, so I don't really know anything about uh, starting websites or anything like that. So, so tell me how it's done. Well, the first thing you need is a domain name. So you get your .com or .net or .org, and you can buy that through HostGator. It's fifteen dollars a year. Um, once you have the domain name, you'll need hosting, which we provide from five dollars a month. So with those two things um, in place, you can either build a website through HostGator Site Builder. I mean, you sign up at HostGator.com, you're activated in twenty minutes, and then you go through the Site Builder and kind of select templates, and you can add the content. Um, and, of course, we also have, like, uh, blogging scripts, web form scripts, photo gallery scripts. So we have all that that can be installed as well through your control panel. Um, but that, that's really all there is to it. You know, you need those three things. You need your website, domain name, and the web hosting, and then you're online. So if I wanted to, you know, start an e- uh, like a blogging um, site or something like that and get my thoughts out there and then perhaps, uh, you know, put it on Facebook, get my friends to read it, that kind of thing. That would yes, uh, uh, we have yeah we have WordPress so it's the blogging software that's probably the most popular on our service but yeah we have WordPress and you can install it with your own domain name um, a lot of people are doing that and 
and once they get some traffic to their blog, they're, a lot of people we find are making money um, through the, the ad space they sell on their blog. Yeah, that's, they have it right there. I mean, Google, there's Google and other different types. I think it's AdWords, AdWords maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah. there's all different services that will provide you with ads right there on your site, and you can make some money doing it. Not a whole bunch, but <laughs> it beats nothing. It could be. Yeah, yeah it, could, it, could it could be. be. I mean, if you, if you wrote really, really good stuff, it would be. So, um, and, you know, a lot of people have churches and organizations that they want to put up uh, sites for just so people can find them. Um, I, I assume that's not too difficult, right? No, yeah, we host a lot of different churches. Um, we also have, like, free hosting for nonprofits, so um, a lot of churches can qualify for that. So, yeah, it's, it's real simple to get any, I mean, any website, whether it's really small, whether you're an online business selling stuff, um, you know, everything we host. Wow. So, um, you know, what's a, what's a person need to, to get started? Um, basically, we recommend just sign up online, hostgator.com. Um, our phone number is right there on our website. You can call us anytime. We're t- we have 24-7 support. Um, and also, we have live chat. So if you're not sure about which plan you should want, just stop by our live chat, and they can kind of guide you through it. Um, and once you sign up, like I said, your account's active in 20 minutes. Um, we even created a coupon for your listeners, the FTL. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's still valid. So basically, I think that saves 20% off any order. Um, so you really could get started with less than 20 bucks with a domain name and, and uh, be working on your website today. Cool. Now, um, t- I've, I know that HostGator is uh, highly rated amongst the, uh, the, the website, web hosting sites out there. What are some of the other reasons why people would want to choose uh, HostGator over other, other sites? Besides the fact that um, they support Free Talk Live and that uh, the reason, one of the reasons that <laughs> you decided to advertise with Free Talk Live is you yourself are a libertarian. So, but besides that, what are, what are, what are some of the reasons? Yeah, I like your show. I like what you guys have to say, but um, that's just my personal personal views. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as choosing HostGator, I mean, there are a bunch of web hosting companies. A lot of a lot of companies um, they're a lot smaller, so I would be wary of choosing a company. Make sure they've been in business for a while. Um, they're not going to uh, bail on you, and you're going to lose your website. So you know, we've been around since '02. That happens. Um, but what yeah, happened? it does, unfortunately. Ooh. Um, gonna really stink. Yeah, but really, like I would say, the main thing for hostgators like our twenty four seven support. So you may not, you may think having a website is simple, and it really is once you have it going. But if you ever have an issue or if you ever have any questions, you can contact us. You know, any any day, at any point in time, and all of our support is based right here in Houston, so we don't outsource any of our support. It's all here in That's our comforting. Houston office. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it just makes it easier if there's a, you know, language barriers and things like it can make that much more difficult. Um, not to say that I don't like hardworking folks from around the world. I'm just saying it can sometimes make it difficult. <laughs> but yeah, especially when you're talking about complicated or technical issues, it can get kind of frustrating. It can. I've never personally had to deal with uh, any of them that, that couldn't handle my particular issues. But I know that some people have had, uh, you know, those situations. And, and I know that, you know, it's an important factor for a lot of people. But, um, you know, what I do, I find it so convenient, the idea that you can just make a telephone call, I'm having a problem, and then you have, uh, you know, service, because that's, with so many products, you just don't have that. Um, you, might, <clears throat> you might be able to send an email, and I just don't want to send emails. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not an email kind of guy that doesn't uh, float my boat. I want to pick up a telephone and talk to somebody who's real. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, you know. Thanks a lot for uh, advertising on Free Talk Live and, um, you know, I, in, in providing the service that you are to people out there on the Internet. And what else would you like to tell people about HostGator? Um, basically, uh, like I said, sign up today and, and get started. It's really that simple. Don't, don't be intimidated by building a website and don't think that you have to have 
tons of money to do it. From $5 a month, you can have a website, whether it's for an existing business or whether you want to start a new business or just start a blog. It's really that simple. So um, I think if you signed up, you'd see how easy it is. And just go to HostGator.com and use code FTL. Yep, still valid. Well, thanks for having me on, Mark. (laughs) Thanks, Chad. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.